Okay, good evening. Tonight's shir was dedicated by Ivana, George and Ivana Brawl, and this is in honor of Ivana Brawl's father. Upon, I think it's his first yard site. Uh, his name is Nejatullah Avram ben Rabbi HaKohen. May his neshama have a very great aliyah to the greatest of heights. He channel lots of big brachas to you and your family for only good things and only wonderful, wonderful blessings. Okay, today we're going to study a discourse in Parshas Balak. It's Parshas Balak this week. And we're going to study... Oops, no. We're going to study the... On page 144 in Lakuti Torah... Uh, this is an explanation on another mimer, and as we had mentioned so many times, the explanations of the mimerim of the Alter Rebbe are very kabbalistic. The Alter Rebbe, I think, the good marshal that I gave, someone liked the marshal, so I think that's why it's a good marshal. Um, that um, that when you know someone can take you on a ride in their Ferrari and you can enjoy the ride very much, it's a wonderful ride. That's the mimer. And then when they open up the hood of the Ferrari and start showing you tinkering exactly what, how the, how the Ferrari is put together, that's the explanation on the mimer. So unless you are a uh, mechanic and you understand something about cars, you'd rather just go for the ride in the Ferrari instead of him explaining to you exactly what are the powerful engine and what kind of transmission and what kind of, that this Ferrari is made out of that you can have this pleasant ride in. Um, the explanations of the mimer are highly Kabbalistic. They're the underlying wiring that's behind the mimer that was set. So the Alta Rebbe would generally say a, a one mimer on one Shabbos, and maybe the next Shabbos or on the same Shabbos later, he would explain it where he derived it in the Kabbalistic writings of the Arizal. So what is supposed to be an explanation is usually much harder. And you have to be a seasoned Kabbalist to have an understanding of what he's talking about. And being that I'm not a seasoned Kabbalist, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything of what I'm saying tonight. So just that's just an introduction. So if you feel lost, don't worry, I feel lost as well. Okay? Number one. But who knows? We've had many times that the mimer kind of began to make sense. We did the dedication. We're holding now in the, uh, just past that. Um, and um, the mimer... So there's the mimer's explanation of the mimer. Now the mimer that this is explaining, the mimer that we're going to explain now by learning this deep Kabbalistic insight, is a very, very, very pop, I would say popular mimer. It's an extremely beautiful mimer. And we're learning the explanation on it that mo- most people probably don't learn. Uh, the mimer itself is a very fundamental mimer, a very essential mimer. There are two main beautiful concepts that the Alter Eb explains in that mimer. The, 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 one of the main di- things that he explains in the mimer is what's the difference in the spiritual dynamics of our soul and our work in this world in the weekday and, what's, uh, and how do we work on Shabbos. The main difference between the Jew in the weekday and in the Jew on the Shabbos. And the Altareb explains that in the weekday we are called Yaakov and on Shabbos we are called Yisrael. We're almost two different people. The nature of who we are in the weekday and the nature of who we are on Shabbos 
and our influence on the creation and our job in the world changes dramatically between the weekday and Shabbos. Shabbos, we're a Yaakov Jew, which means we're a struggling Jew. Yaakov struggles with the world. We struggle, we fight, we work very hard. In addition to working hard in your work, of course everybody works hard in their work and their business, whatever work you're working. That's hard work. But not, we're talking about a much deeper labor. The labor of redefining this world. The, the, the labor of elevating the sparks that are contained and embedded and stuck within the klipa. The avoda of wrestling with the forces of darkness to be able to take chunks and pieces of this world and sublimate them to holiness. That's very, very hard because the klipa is very difficult. So any kind of change, transformation like that takes exertion. But that's the avoda of Yaakov. But then comes Shabbos and we enter in a whole different world. Because the world of Shabbos around us is not a clip of the world. Shabbos, the whole world becomes holy. We become holy. The world becomes holy. We don't have to change anything. The Jew on Shabbos is meant to revel in godliness. That's what we're supposed to do on Shabbos. Revel in godliness. Delight in Hashem. There's a great influx of godliness that's, that is showered upon our neshama. The worlds are filled with godly delight. Hashem is emanating powerfully on Shabbos. And the week that He's concealing, on Shabbos He's emanating and shining and revealing Himself. And as God showers the world with His powerful light and revelation, when God showers the world with His light and revelation on Shabbos, we experience exhilarating delight. So the real delight of Shabbos is not the delight coming from, from, from chalent and gefilte fish or kishke and chopped liver. Uh, that's not the real delight of Shabbos. The real delight of Shabbos is delighting us tesaneg al Hashem. We delight in God's, in God's light. There is a great sensation of a lakus on Shabbos. And we're not meant to fix the world on Shabbos because on Shabbos two things happen. The world in general is in an elevated state, number one. And number two, we as Jews, our souls transcend creation. Or transcend the, the very physical creation. We're in a higher place on Shabbos. And our Shabbos, so on Shabbos we're in a state of an aliyah. We're all in a state of elevated. The whole energy of Shabbos is an energy of aliyah, of going up higher and higher and higher. And in the weekday, the energy of the weekday is Yerida. We descend down into the world to fix it. So that's the difference of why in the weekday we're called Yaakov, and on Shabbos we're called Yisrael. Because Yaakov stands for the word Yud Ekev. In the word Yaakov, you have the word heal. Ekev means heal. On, on, on Shabbos, we enter into the heels of creation. What's the heels of creation? The heel of a human body is the lowest part of the, of the body and it is the toughest skin. You know, your, your skin on your hand is very soft and sensitive. The, on, the, on the heel, on the bottom of your feet, at the heel, you have tough, dry skin. It's hard, it's tough. And it's very good that way because if you would have very soft baby skin on your heel, it would hurt a lot. But because it gets tough and is, it's able to 
take, um, you know, uh, stepping on things or whatever, and it doesn't hurt that much because it's tough. Uh, as we translate that into existence, there is on Shabbat, in the weekday, we enter into those elements in the world where are very coarse, very tough, and lacking sensitivity towards what's real, towards Hashem. It's very, it's very, very, very dry and dead. We enter into the dead elements of existence, which is the physical world in general. It's dead. Meaning, what do we mean it's dead? It has energy, but it doesn't recognize its divine energy. It doesn't recognize that there is something godly to its life. When a human being thinks he's an animal, and there's no higher purpose to his life, and all he has to do is eat, drink, and have physical pleasure, and there's nothing higher, that means that you're dead, you're disconnected. Because you're not realizing that you are, you are what do you mean you? You're, you're, you're the image of God. You're created as a, as a channeler of God's light into this world. Is that's what you're, this is what you amount to, just being an animal like a cow? But that's the way we feel a lot of times. We're just like, we don't feel our significance. We don't feel our importance. We don't feel our divine light. That's because we're entering in the weekday into the heal reality, into the heal realm, where everything is thick and coarse and desensitized. But that's where God puts us during the week. And what's the purpose? To do mitzvahs in that, de- in that desensitized state. In that unholy state, we should do His will. Not only that, we should bring sensitivity into, the, into that which is insensitive. We should make the world around us, the stubborn physical world, and people that live within the physical world, that have lost sight of their spirituality and of their godly, uh, godly self, we should enlighten them with a godly awareness. Our job is to make Yud Akev. To bring the Yud, Yud is the first letter of God's name, Yud Kevavke, to bring the Yud of godliness, which as we're going to see soon is the Chachma. Yud is not only godliness, but Yud represents the highest dimension of the divine name, of the divine expression, the most intense, the realm where godliness is pronounced to the highest, to the strongest, because we know there are ten Sephirot. And the Sephiros are not God, the Sephiros are vessels where God's light illuminates and shines through and comes to the creation. But the degree of the divine manifestation in the spheros varies. In the highest sphere, in Chachma, Hashem's light is shining without any concealment. And that's why the recipient, the keli, the vessel, is in a state of total bittel, total nullification. That's why Chachma means Koachma, the power of what? The power of complete self-effacement. The power of being, if you're living in a state of Chachma, you don't even know you, you, you yourself exist. You don't even know you're experiencing God because all you feel is God, not you, not even the sense that you're feeling God. Because that too is already too much self-awareness. To be aware that you're now exhilarating and delighting in God's light is already, is not Chachma. Chachma is you're so lost in the, in the MS of Hashem that you don't even know that you're there experiencing it. And then it gets dimmer in Bina. Bina is already, Bina's already an understanding of God, but it's not God. It's not like Chach. There is someone understanding, but it's not Chach. And then the Midos, the levels, then there's Midos, the, 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 the emotional attributes. Those are already, already quite a bit lower. And then you get to Malchus, where, it, where the godly light is diminished tremendously. But there's still... It's a sphere, it's an attribute. So there's, of course, there's still godly revelation. 
So there's godly revelation through all the spheres, but the most intense radiance of God is in Chachma. And that's why Yud, Yud represents the, the smallness of Chachma. Chachma is ginormous. It's the biggest sphere from all the spheres. It's the Jupiter. It's the Jupiter of all the spheres, if you can say. But it's the tiniest at the same time. Like Moshe Rabbeinu was the giant of all human beings. The greatest human being is Moshe, but at the same time, Moshe is the tiniest human being. Because he was the most humblest. The greater you are, which means the closer you are to God, the more nothing you become. So Moshe is the ultimate human being and the ultimate nothing. So that's the Yud of Chachm. Now, here's the idea of a Jew. A Jew's neshama originates in the, in, in the realms of Chachma. In the realms of such total self-effacement. In the pure brightness of God's light. That's where a Jew's neshama originates. The power of the, Jew, of the Jew, and this is our work during the weekday, is to channel that Yud, that awareness of God, into, throughout all of creation, lower and lower and lower and lower and lower and lower, until we reach La Brea in Los Angeles, and over there, cry out, Enoid Movadai. There's nothing but God. See, it's one thing in the, in, the, in the supernal spheres up there, way above there, but it's another thing to do it on La Brea, on Hollywood, on Beverly Boulevard. In the toughest, in the most self-oriented places. What's, what's California all about? What's Los Angeles all about? It's all about my life, my car, my, my, my this, my that. Everybody's so into their own metzias, into their own existence, and their own happiness, and their own lives completely a, 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 a society bent to it to be absorbed in its own existence. And when you can bring a sense of God over there and a bitl to Hashem over here, that's our avoid, Yud Ekev, to bring the Yud down into the Ekvayim, into the Ekev, into the toughest, most resistant, most unholy places. It's so beautiful if we can live in Yerushalayim, in the old city of Yerushalayim, or places where there isn't all this coarseness. That too is since it's physical, it's also, you know, when you're in seminary also, you're in a different place. You're in school, you're in a different place. In yeshiva, you're in a different place. When you come home, and you have to deal with a coarse environment. But that's Yavayda. Yavayda is not to remain in that holy place. Yud Ekev, to bring the Yud down into the Ekvayim. But it's a struggle, it's difficult, it's resistance, it's hard. Shabbos is a whole different story. Shabbos were called Yisrael. And what's Yisrael? Yisrael comes, in the word Yisrael, you have the opposite of Akev. Which limb of the body can you find inside the word Yisrael? You have the word Rosh. Rosh means a head. If the legs, if the feet are are, are akev, are resistant, un, are low and not sensitive and tough and dead skin, what is the most sensitive part of the body? What feels the most? The brain. The brain is so subtle, so tuned into life, so powerfully unified with the soul. The brain is the most sensitive the most absorbing of the neshama and the most surrendered to the neshama is the brain. So on Shabbos, we, are, we elevate, we suddenly elevate. We, we, on Erev Shabbos, we hop into the elevator, we hit the penthouse and we go flying all the way up. We go into a whole different realm of existence. 
And, the wor- and we're not dealing with a coarse world. We're in a state of Rosh. And what are we supposed to do on Shabbos? We're supposed to deepen our connection of God and experience deeper light and deeper light and a deeper pleasure in Hashem. That recharges our batteries. That recharges our sense of what's true and what's real. And what do we do then? Then we can bring what we've gained on Shabbos back with us to influence the world around us. And we do this every week, every week. So that's why he says another Indian. Shabbos, we're close to Hashem, so we're like a child. Yisrael is called B'ni B'chori Yisrael. When we're called Yisrael, on Shabbos, we're Hashem's child. We become, a, and what's, a, what's, what's the job of a child? The child doesn't have a job. The job of the child is to be spoiled and to sit next to his, his parents, and I'm here. The light in the parents' house. I'm a child. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to pay to live here. I'm entitled. I'm a child. I'm a child. I'm, I'm re- I'm, I can be close to you. That's the point of being a child. I deserve to become close. Just because I'm your child, I don't have to. But on the weekday, what happens? Hashem says, okay, you're my children. It's all about be- your Shabbos. You're close to me. But on the weekday, we no more b'ni b'chori Yisrael. We become Yaakov Avdi. We become a servant. And we know that the Jewish people are referred to in Rosh Hashanah by davening, we say, Im kebanim, if we're like children. Im kavadim, if we are like servants. So when are we called servants? What's a servant? A servant is supposed to do a service for his master. What kind of a service can you do for God? If God is complete, if Hashem is perfect with utter perfection, what kind of service can we do for Hashem? So the Alter Rebbe explains in the mind that the service that we do for God is by making the lower worlds a home for Him. That's the service. Of course, we can't add anything to him, but what he desired is that he wants to have a, a home in the lowest realm, which means that the, the, the we spoke about earlier, the akev, that which is the most disconnected from him, should be refined and turned around and become a holy place. Receptive for Hashem's light. That's our Ravayda. We do that during the week, we're called an Eved. And on Shabbos, we're Yisrael. That's the introduction. That's the main theme that we learned in, that's in the previous mimer that we learned a whole bunch of years ago. Probably eight, nine years ago we taught that mimer. And now, picking up from all of everybody's memory from eight, nine years ago when we learned that mimer, we'll learn the explanation on the mimer, okay? Now the Pasuk says one more thing I do want to say. Why did this whole, this, how does this discussion come into Parshas Balak? In Parshas Balak you don't have the mitzvah of Shabbos. This mimer should have been in Parshas Yisro where it introduces to us six days you should work and Shabbos you should rest. What's this mimer doing in Parshas Balak? The difference between the Jew on Shabbos and, on the, and the Jew on the weekday. Well, why do we talk about it? The answer is when Balak, um, when Bilam um, gives one of his blessings, meant to be curses but transformed into blessings, Bilam says, oven Hashem doesn't see any inequities in Yaakov. And he doesn't see any toil in, in Yisrael. So you see, um, Bilam keeps on speaks about the Jewish people many times in the parsha. Yaakov Yisrael, another one. Matovu Alecha Yaakov, Secha Yisrael. Mimana Afar Yaakov. Um, Yisrael. 
So you see the whole time Bilam is talking about Yaakov Yisrael, Yaakov Yisrael, that's how his entire poetry of his blessing is all flowing with these two names of Yaakov and Yisrael. So the Alter Rebbe is going into the depth. What does it mean he doesn't see any in, in equities in Yaakov and he doesn't see any toil in Israel? So the main theme of based on what we spoke about before comes out like this. When it says he doesn't see any inequities in Yaakov means, inequities, you know what, in, inequities, am I saying that word right? What's the right word? Inequities? Inequity. Okay. He doesn't see any inequities in Yaakov. So what is the inequity, what does it mean that he doesn't see inequities of, of Yaakov? The inequity means um, our avoda, our work during the week is to fight the klipa. Now, fighting the klipa, we can imagine that what's going to happen if you fight the klipa, we can only expect that the klipa is going to fight back. The forces of darkness are not going to take it standing down. When we try to blast them with light, when we try to blind them with powerful, godly inspiration and, to, and, to, and infuse holy consciousness into, a, into, a, into, an, into a, an empty, desolate uh, place... The, the, those uh, uh, snakes and scorpions that are there that are trying to keep God out are going to put up a fight. That's why we, by the way, find, we should know this, that every time you have an, a, a power, an empowerment in your life for something good, and you, especially when you want to influence others and you want to start doing something good in the world, you got to get ready for, for, a count, for an onslaught, for an counterattack. Don't think the clip is going to take it lying down. You're going to end up experiencing much more taiva, yetzahara. All kinds of things are going to hit you so strong precisely because you want to have a good influence. And you wonder, what did I do wrong? Why am I suddenly feeling this way? Well, expect that. There, because when, the moment you start shaking up, you start causing trouble, uh, they're going to, the, 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 the unholy is going to fight back. So the Pasuk says, lehibit oven b'yakov, that they can't beat you. The iniquities can't, can't, can't overpower you. Because Yaakov is more powerful. God gave a power to beat the klipa in Kedusha. So if you just do your avoda of Yud Ekev, if you're Megala, you're Yud, if you reveal your power of your neshama, of Chachma, of Bittul Hashem, if you dig deep into your soul during davening, and you open up your Chachma of your nefesh, which every Jew has, you uncover the part of you that knows with absolute amuna, powerful straight, that who he is and there's none but him, and you make that shine in you, the klipa, it blinds the klipa. It blows them away. They can't fight you. But it's toil. It's a lot of difficult labor. There's no iniquities in Jacob, in Yaakov. But there is toil. Because that very work takes a lot of work. How, two things it takes work. To activate your chachma in the akev, To bring the brain energy into the, into the heels. Takes a lot of difficult labor. And also... To make the world, the physical parts of this world, into kalim, into vessels for God, that takes a lot, because you have to change something. You have to change something. That's what an Eved, an Eved works. A servant, Yaakov is called an Eved. If an Eved is not exhausted when he goes to sleep at night, then he's not an Eved. What's the point of an Eved? The Eved means he works for him, he works hard. He mamish exhausts himself, works and works until he collapses. So a Jew during the weekday has to work very difficult spiritual labor to change. So there is exertion. There is tired. You get tired. The Klippa can't beat him. Can't beat the Jew. Ultimately we win. But the Jew on Shabbos is not supposed to get tired. 
Veleda amol be Yisrael, but on when you're when, when you're in your when you are in your Yisrael state, even though everybody gets tired on Shabbos, right? So what is that? But it's a good question. But in any case, but that's the tiredness maybe still from the week. But the Indian of Shabbos itself is not supposed to tire you. Why? Because when you are Yisrael, the Lord he doesn't see any exertion. Because in Yisrael, when, we're, when we enter into that, that state of, 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 of existence of Yisrael, there's no fight. You're not fighting anything. You just, as we mentioned earlier at the beginning of the class, you're reveling in God's light. You're delighting in Hashem and the Shekhinah. And that's pleasurable. It's delightful. That doesn't tire us. So that's the meaning. In Yisrael, there's no Amal. Now, the Alter Rebbe is going to explain this whole idea that, he just expl- that I just explained in the, in, the, in, in the micro, in the little human being down here below. The Alter Rebbe is now going to explain it in the macro. He's going to show meaning. This change that there is in a Jew, these two elements in a Jew, there is the Jew in the weekday and the Jew in, on the Shabbos, which means the, the dynamics of our neshama is different. And as we know, on Shabbos we all know we receive neshama yesera. What does it mean, neshama yesera? It means your Yisrael kicks in. That's why on Matzah Shabbos, there is a, there is a song which we sing in Zemiros by Malava Malka. There's a song that we sing Matzah Shabbos. And that is Altira Avdi Yaakov. Don't be afraid, my servant Yaakov. Why are we singing Matzah Shabbos? Don't be afraid, my servant Yaakov. And the answer is because on Shabbos, we're not Yaakov. It's open. On Shabbos, and that is because on Shabbos, we are not uh, Yaakov. On Shabbos, we are Yisrael. And we're, consi- and, we're, and we're a child sitting by our father's table on Shabbos. We're not an employee or a servant serving our master. It's a whole different relationship. But when it comes Matzah Shabbos, and a Jew knows that he's going to have to go away for a week and enter again into that dark dungeon full of klipas, full of darkness, full of stuff to slay the dragons, he doesn't want to do it. And he's scared. So we sing, Altira, don't be afraid, Avdi Yaakov, my son Yaakov. Another one more point I want to say before we start learning inside. When was Yaakov, when did Yaakov get his name, Yisrael? When did Yaakov get his name, Yisrael? After he fought with angels. If you take a look at Yaakov's life, you find in the beginning, Yaakov is wrestling, he's a warrior. He's fighting. Take a look. Your mama see this idea is so beautiful. And it is so crystallized. It is so crystallized in, um, in the life of Yaakov. This idea in Hasidus is so beautiful. Because you see Mamash in Yaakov's life. You see Yaakov is a person from all the others. He struggles more than anybody else. He, Mamash has to fight Yaakov. He, first he's busy with Esau, his brother, who he's, he, he, in the womb he's fighting already. He's rather, he wants to kill him in the womb. He manages to come out alive. And then he has skirmish, and then in the end he has to steal the blessings. And so he has to deal with the other side. To extract something good, to get the blessings, or to get the Bechorah, everything comes with a fight. 
Everything comes with a struggle. Yaakov is the ultimate struggler. Then he goes to Lavan's house, and again he has to fight his way to maintain uh, and to build his family. And he fights for 20, 20 years. And then he comes out, and again he meets with Esav. And he has all the terrifying encounter with Esav. And on the way, when he's almost fighting with Esav, he, he meets a demon, he means the angel of Esav, and he fights with an angel. Yaakov Mamish has to go fight with a Malach. You hear? Let me throw. Ma- Yaakov has to go fight with the Malach. So he's fighting and he's struggling and he's wrestling and they're kicking up dust. It's a whole fight. Finally, after he wins the fight and he's the champion, what happens? What does Hashem name him? The Malach says, you're no more Yaakov, you're Yisrael. Because what happens in Yaakov's life after that? There isn't any more struggling with darkness. He has to deal with the loss of a child. That's a different kind of a thing. But he doesn't have to struggle with the world. He doesn't have to overcome anymore a force in the world that's trying to crush him. There is an Indian, there is a Chisarin, there is a lack of Yosef. That's a different story. But he's not, he's not dealing with a wickedness that he has to fight. Because Yaakov had already beaten all the blockages, all the, all the elements of, 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 of concealments and of darknesses in the world, Yaakov had overpowered them. He made already a dira betachtoinim. And that's the meaning, Kisarisa, you have become a minister, you have prevailed in Elohim. What's the simple meaning of Elohim? It means with angels, with powerful divine beings. There is a much deeper meaning. Elohim is the source of all the darkness of this world. As we're going to see in the Mimer, where do all the Kalipas derive their energy from? Where does all these three worlds, Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya, fill with darkness? Until we get down to the lowest world where there's such den- dense darkness. It comes from a hundred, it says in Itzhaim, it comes from 120 Tzirufim, 120 combinations of the name of Elohim. There are 120 Tzirufim of the name of Elohim. So with these combinations of the letters, Aleph, Lam, th- we know the name of Elohim is a filter, it filters God's light. When you make different combinations of it, you increase the filter. And the more you filter the light, it gets darker and darker, and it leaves room for, 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 for Avera, for evil, for, for wickedness to exist. But Yaakov had overcome Elohim. He has gone past to the, the, uh, the, the Etzheim, it says, that's the meaning of Tzalmaves. Gam ki elech, even when I go begay, in the valley, Tzalmaves of death. So I saw in Etzheim, it says, Tzalmaves, Tzal, in the shadow of death, tzel is 120. 90 and 30 is 120. Tzel mothers, it's the shadow, it's the 120 terufim of the name of Elohim that enable what? That enable what? Uh, mothers to exist, death to exist. Forces of death to exist. But Yaakov has gone past the name of Elohim. You hear? Yaakov has gone past the name of Elohim to go past that. Now watch this. There's another thing I saw from the Temach Tzedek. It doesn't say it here in the Mimer. The name Yaakov is Yud Ekev. Ekev is Gematria 172. 172 is the exact numeric value of two times Elohim. Because Elohim is 86. Elohim is 86. Now, I keep on saying Elohim because I can't now let us say Hashem's name, but it's really with a hey, not with a kuf. So, Aleph, Lamed, Hey, Yud, Mem. 
So that's Gematria 86. 2 times 86 is 172. Gematria 8. Why? He says, V'yadaita hayom v'ashavoysa elovecha ki Hashem hu elokim v'ashamayim imal v'ala'aretz mitochaz. So the Tzemach Tzedek says, from here you see that the name of Elohim has an effect both in the earth below and in the heaven above. The concealment of the name of Elohim is both on Oretz and on Shemayim. So it's almost like there's two Elohims. There's Elohim above, which creates one concealment, blocks the Soviv Kalalman, that's called Shemayim. And there's Elohim below that blocks the Mamala Kalalman, the indwelling light of God to reveal itself. There's two forces of Elohim. And now Yaakov has to, and our avoid is Yud Ekev. We have to bring the Yud, Yaakov's avoid, we have to bring the illumination of Avaya, of Yud Kevavke, into Ekev. What's Ekev? The heel. The heel is the effects of the two Elohims, which are the two times Ekev. And over there, I'm sorry, the two times Elohim, which equal one time Ekev. That's Ekev. And that's where, maybe that's the meaning of Ikvesed Meshicha. Our Avodah in the name of Akev, in the, in the bottom of the elements of Elohim, to blast through the filter with light, the barriers with light. Yud Akev. How do we do that? We uncover the sparks of holiness that are there. How many sparks of holiness are there? Altogether, the amount of sparks of holiness the Kabbalists tell us that there are in the, in the, in the world that we need to sublimate and we need to elevate. Is two hundred eighty-eight. Reish pechas nitzutzin. I mean, we're busy with this. From the world was created from the sin of Chava because the two eighty-eight sparks later splinter into a gazillion sparks. But the, the initial number is two eighty-eight. The word Avdi. What's Yaakov? Yaakov is Yaakov. Avdi. So the word Eved. What's our avoida? Our avoida is to take the... F- what? The whole idea of Jews being called an Eved, and the whole concept of Eved, is to take physicality and the lower parts of creation, and to turn them into a home for God. By doing what? By uncovering the spark that's in them, which means their utility, that we can use them for something holy. And when you do that, you uncover the spark, and you make it into a receptive to God. And you can do that with anything. You do that with your hair comb, with your hairbrush, when you're using it with the right intentions. You can do that with food. You can do that with electronics and technology. When we use technology to spread Torah and Yiddishkeit, we're going into a very a place where a lot of it is being used in unholiness, and a lot of Yitzhahara, a lot of evil inclination over there, and turning that around for Kedusha, for holiness. Watch this. Eved, he says, is gematria. Take the word Eved, it's ayin, ayin beis dalit. Eved is ayin beis dalit. Ayin beis is one of the name of God. Dalit means four times ayin beis. Dalit ayin beis. So four times 72 is how much? Take your calculator. What? 288. There you go. So the whole Indian of Eved is to fix and to rectify and to elevate the, the sparks of the 288 sparks and be megala them. That's the avodah of Evan. But that avodah is tiring and difficult. He says later in the Mimer over here, it's the avodah of like, it's uh, the real, what's called, any service when we have to change something is called avodah. 
But there's one thing particularly that in Hebrew is called la'abed. La'abed. La'abed is one of the malachas on Shabbos. It's called ibud. It's 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 to it's ta- it's the work of a tannery. When you ha- when you're tanning hides, to take a hide of an animal and to turn it into soft leather. What do you have to do? See, the animal hide is very really tough, and it doesn't. It's not. It can't can't turn it into a soft leather or something. What you have to do is you have to bend it and bend it and bend it back and forth and work on it, step on it, and grind it, and again and again. It takes it's an exhausting labor. But what you're doing is you're taking the leather and you're making it fine, refined. What happened when Adam and Chava sinned? They realized they were unclothed. And God, they gave them shirts of leather. What happened before they sinned? What was their shirt made out of? So it says that before that, they were shirts of light. The word or in Hebrew is spelled leather is or. Ayin vavresh. But before they sinned, it was aleph vavresh. They had a shirt. It wasn't a shirt of leather. It was a shirt of light. When the world got caught, meaning physicality was light, full of light. But when the world coarsened, when the world coarsened, what happened? It became leather, became tough. Our avoda is to make the shirt of leather be back a shirt of light, to soften the leather, soften it till it's. That's la abe. That's Yaakov avdi. Now we all know that a tannery smells. It's the worst stench you can imagine. Sometimes we get beat up on ourselves. Why we smell? I mean, spiritually from all the sins that we've done, they realize that life, we're working in a tannery. That's what we're working. God put us in a tannery in this world to fix la'abed and to work out the... And Shabbos, however, we know that one of the malachas you're now allowed to do is la'abed. You're now allowed to do bo'erer, you're now allowed to do la'abed, ma'abed. You're now allowed to do the disavayla. Ibudayres. It's difficult. But Shabbos is... A day of delighting in God. Okay, once we know that, that's again a summary of the original mind. Now here the Alter Rebbe is going to explain that this difference that takes place in our neshama of us being called Yaakov or us being called Yisrael is really has to do with a cosmic difference in the, in the, in the upper realms in the spherot. Because the way God is running the world during the weekday is, is he, Hashem is... Hashem lowers himself down to be Yaakov Avdi. The Shekhinah descends down into the world in a manner of Yaakov Avdi. And on Shabbos, everything rises back into a higher realm of Yisrael. So till now, the Altareb explained it in the human soul. Now he's going to explain it in the cosmos, in the upper realm. So let's take a look inside. So he says, let's first investigate and research the root, the Kabbalistic root of the name Yaakov. Now we know, I want to explain one thing. You see, the others, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, they were physical human beings alive in this world, but they were really manifestations of pure divine lights. And they were, they were, they were just a, a muscle down here of something up there. 
So when we're exploring in Kabbalah, what does Yaakov mean? We're looking at Yaakov's origins in in the source, in the supernal worlds. What is Yaakov? So in Sefer Hapardes, which is a book from Ramosha Cardovo, he has over there a part called Erke Hakinuyan. Erke Hakinuyan means where he basically goes through all these words and explains the etymology of these words according to Kabbalah. What, what are they? What is a boat according to a sfina according to the Bible? What is a tree according to the Kabbalah? What is Avram? What is Yitzchak? What are names? What are these people in their spiritual dynamics? It's called Erkei Akinuyan. Basically, it's a Kabbalistic dictionary written by Ramosha Kardava where he's defining things according like what they mean. So over there he explains, even though I looked it up, because he tells me in the back to look in Paradise, and I don't find it exactly in these words. But they would bring some others for him that maybe it... Uh, and there it says as follows, He says, Yaakov, what's the, where does Yaakov come from? It's a hamshacha, it's a, 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 a drawing forth from the Yesod, and I've told you earlier, I warned you, this, this mimer is pure Kabbalah, a lot of, not pure, but a lot of it. It's drawn from the Yesod element of Abba. Yesod Abba. Yaakov the Yud comes from Yesod Abba. What does it mean Yesod Abba? Let's just trend, let's go slowly. You don't have to get scared because these things are, we don't really understand them, but we can at least do a map we could do. Abba, father, is a term that is termed for Chachma. We know there are ten sefirot. The first of the ten sefirot is Chachma. Chachma is called father. Bina is called mother. Father and mother together, they create the children, which are the emotions. So Chachma is called father. Now in Chachma itself, there are ten sefirot. Right? Because every, every sphera is an entire configuration. So Chachma has within itself Chachma of Chachma. And then it has Bina of Chachma. And so on and so forth. All the sfirot, all the attributes, are within Chachma. There is ten sfirot. There is ten sfirot in Chachma. So, now, if there's ten sfirot in Chachma, hold on, if there's ten sfirot in Chachma, so where does that, so, so Chachma also contains Yesod. Yesod Abba means the Yesod of Chachma. Okay, got that? Yesod Abba means, so we're saying the Yud of Yaakov's name comes from the Yesod of Abba. Now, if you're just learning Kabbalah, you're happy. But if you're learning Hasidus, you want to know what does that mean? What does that mean in my life? What does it mean that it's Yesod Abba? Very nice. I can identify it's the Yesod of Chachma. That's where he comes from. But what does it mean? What it means is like this. Chachma, we said before, is the power of total nullification before God. Chachma is the power to be surrendered to God to the point that you don't even know that you're surrendered. You're so non-existent. So nullified in God's life. Koyach ma, the power of ma, of being completely absent, absent in Hashem's revelation. Now, Yesoid, that's Chachma. What's Yesoid? Yesoid is the power to bond, to connect, to transmit. The Yesod of every sphera is the power of that sphera to transmit that which that sphera represents further. For example, chesed is kindness. There is a feeling of kindness, but a lot of people are very kind, but they have no clue of how to communicate the kindness. It's an art unto its own. 
A lot of people have a, tr- a lot of love in them, but they don't know how to communicate love, even though they have love. So Yisoyed is the ability to communicate something, to transmit something. That's why it means bonding. You're bonding outside of yourself. So Yisoyed Abba means the ability to bring Chachma outside of the realm in Chachma and transmit Chachma elsewhere. Good. Yisoyed Chachma is leaving Chachma, the inside of Chachma, and exiting Chachma to the outside. Where are you exiting to? Yaakov, what is Yaakov? Yud is the Yisoid of Chachma. It's in Chachma itself, but it's not Chachma for itself. It's Chachma's transmission to the outside. We're to Akev into the hill. What's the hill? So spiritually, the hill means the three lower worlds. See, Atzilus is a world that's still completely holy, attached to God. One with Hashem. But then there's Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya, the three lower worlds where Hashem is hidden and there's a lot of clip and a lot of darkness, especially the Asiya, the lowest world, that is called Ekev. Yud Ekev is the ability for God's light to blast through, to bring consciousness of Hashem to the lower worlds. That's Yaakov. That's why, by the way, if you take the word Yaakov, and you, you can read another word into it, Yibaka. What does Yibaka mean? Then it will blast through like morning your light. What is that verse referring to? What does it mean it will blast through like morning your light? When does the morning light blast through? When? It's pitch black. It's as night as night can be. It's as dark as dark can be. And suddenly what? There is a certain, a little bit of light. It's not a lot of light. But that first bit of light is so powerful. Why? Because the first bit of light poked through the darkness. And to be able to break it. Once you break it, what happens? Eventually what's going to happen? It's going to get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And there won't be any darkness anymore. It's going to turn to 11 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning. And all you have is a blue sky. What happened with all the darkness that was there dominating? Dominating, crippling the world. There was such darkness. What happened? A little tiny bit of light blasted through. That little blast, that's very powerful. The power to blast through the darkness. That's the power of a Jew of Yaakov. We don't always see the effects. See, that's what we don't realize. This is crazy! Ah! Why is it crazy? I'm getting excited. Why is it crazy? What's crazy is that we live in our lives and we think we're good for nothings. We see, we think we're not accomplishing anything. But we're not realizing that every time, every time, every time, you're, 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 you're not in the mood, you're in a dark place, you're full of like whatever. Ugh. We all have our ugh. Everybody's gotten this yuckiness of sometimes you're not, ugh, you don't feel spiritual, you don't feel godly, you don't feel holy, you don't feel interested in mitzvah, you don't want to learn, you don't want to daven, you just want to lay in the couch and eat potato chips. Sometimes you don't even want to do that. Right? That kind of gloominess and darkness. But you don't realize that the little bit of bittle, the little bit of bittle that you do do when you force yourself to get up and daven mincha, even if you don't make it to shul. But you broke through that laziness and you daven. You broke through. That's dark. We're living in extreme paralyzing darkness. You break. You broke through. A little light broke. You know what's going to happen? Eventually that little blast of light 
is going to shine away all the darkness. Today you don't see anything more than a tiny little glimmer of light. All you see is a little glimmer of light shining through. But that's the breakthrough. Take a moment, let's, let's take this. This week we celebrated Yud Beis Thomas. The Friedrich Rebbe broke through. He's sitting in Kastraman, the greatest darkness, against the Russian monstrous government that it says there's not going to be Yiddishkeit in Russia anymore. And he, in the midst of crippling darkness, says, I am going to put on tefillin today. And he tells them, you better bring me my, my tefillin. And they say, no way. And he fought and he hung the strike and this, and they brought him his tefillin. So you say, what? One Jew put on tefillin in jail. Yes. Forward 70 years. Forward 70 years. And there's no Lenin. There's no Stalin. There's no thousands. There's no, that whole idealist, that whole idealistic world of Russia, of communist Russia, is gone, poof in the air. And what's there in Russia? Thousands of Jewish boys putting on tefillin, thousands of Jewish girls lighting Shabbos candles, a renaissance of Yiddishkeit, 100,000 Jewish kids learning in, full, in schools. In Jewish, from what? From one Yibaka, from one Yaakov Jew, Yud Ekev. He blasts, in the, you, once you blast it, once you crack a wall, the wall will fall. It is a crack in the wall. That's our Avedah. That's Yud Ekev. And that's what he's saying over here. Yaakov is Nimshach, Yesoid Abba. He's the, he, the Yud is the Yud. It's come from Yesoid, from Chachma. It's the ability to bring Bittel and godly awareness into an unholy world and into an ungodly place. Now, it gets a little more technical. Hamalubish Bizar. I'm reading from the beginning of the Mimer on the top. I just started inside. As I said many times, this is the only place where you have an introduction to the class that lasts almost an hour. And now we're ready to learn. Um, so, Hine Yaakov Nimshach Mi Yesoid Abba. Yaakov is drawn from the Yesod element of Father, from Chachma. Hamalubich, but that is enclosed, Biza. Now, Za is an acronym for Ze'er Ampin. So, what does Ze'er Ampin mean? Literally, it means the small face. The larger meaning of that is, it means, in the ten sefirot above, Chachma's father, then there's Bina, and then there are six emotions, they are called, the six emotions, they are called Ze'er Ampin, the small face of God. It's the combination of Chesed, Gevure, Teferes, Netzach, Yesod, those six masculine attributes. Now, we're saying over here, Yaakov is who? It's the Yesod of Father. It's an element of Chachma that's shining into Ze'eram. Because really you can all ask a question. We said Yaakov is Chachma that comes into this world, into the Akev, into the lower world. But hold it. We always know, everybody knows, anybody learned a little bit of Kabbalah, anybody learned a little of Chassidus knows, that Avram is Chesed, Yitzchak is Gevura, and Yaakov is Teferes. If Yaakov is Teferes, how do we say that Yaakov is the Yesod of Chachma? Yesod of Chachma is, is higher than Teferis. It's not Teferis. The answer is, the Etzem Madrega of Yaakov himself, his essential level is Teferis. But the power that's in him is a power from Chachma. The Yesod of Chachma flows, the blood that flows through the veins of Yaakov, of the Ze'er Ampin, Yaakov is the center of the Ze'er Ampin, is from Chachma. But that's the whole point. Remember I told you, 
What's the power of Yaakov? It's the power to blast through, to enter a dark place. Yi baka uboikeya. He blasts through the yoytze chutzleza. It goes outside of the Ze'erampin. And where does it go to? It goes into Malchus, but it doesn't stop in Malchus. Malchus is the Shekhinah, the mother of all three worlds, Priya, Yitzir, and Asiya. Where does it go down to? All the way down, And this is where it becomes Yaakov. And he descends, Yaakov descends down, 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 and he goes down, what's Bia? An acronym of three words. Bria, Yetzira, Asiya. The world of creation, the world of formation, and the world of Asiya, the world of completion, which is the physical world. So Yaakov's light, Yaakov has the ability to go down to dark places and to illuminate. And every Jew is a little Yankel. And every Jew is sent to a different darkness to illuminate, to shine up, to light up. He goes down into and what's his job over there? To refine refinements. What does that mean? As we said earlier, to find the godly potential and to wake up the godliness in every, in every nook and cranny where the godliness that's in it fell asleep. Where the entity and the being doesn't know that it is a creation of Hashem. It's like when we go to places, what is a Jew? What's your life all about as a Jew? Your life all about the Jew is to remind everyone that there is a God. That's your job. Physical people around you and even objects, you remind them that there is a God by using them for godly purposes. That's what that, that summarizes all that it is to be a Jew. We're sent into this world to awaken the world to the existence of a creator. We technically do that through the 613 commandments. That's it. So that's his levare birudim, to go down and be levare birude noiga. Noiga means the parts of the world that are elevatable. Noga is a klipa, it's a shell. But we know that there are certain very dark klipas that we can't fix. We need to push them away. But noga is the klipa that is elevatable. And when do we do that? There is a time frame. When do we do that? In the six days of creation, the workday week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that's when this is our job. This is the meaning of the word Yaakov. Yod Ekev, Yaakov means Yod Ekev, Yod that goes down in the Ekev. Shenim Shacha Yod, the Yod is drawn, Shuhub Chenas Yisoid Abba, the Yod which is the Yisod element of Father. Remember again, what does that mean? It means the ability to bring Bittel. The Yod is the awareness of God, Yod Kevavke. You're bringing Hashem down. Where to? Lepchenas Ekev to the heel, Da'ainu Biyah. The three lower worlds, Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya, they're called the Ekev. Levare Sham. To elevate over there, Birure Noiga. And the, again, Yaakov's life mirrors and reflects that. Yaakov goes down to Haran. Haran is a place that no one knows God. No one cares about God. It's an immoral, lowly place. That's what Haran is. And what does Yaakov do? do? He, from the world of, from the Haronian world, he, transmit, he transforms that. And what does he do from Haran? He makes a Jewish family. And he takes all of love on sheep and he, and, 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 he, and, he tra- and he changes them to be his sheep. Now they become Jewish holy sheep. Used for good things. Not used for whatever Lavan wants to use them for. That's the transformation. 
and now why is but he's now now in the parentheses he explains why does Yaakov have that power so he explains ki is berido because Yaakov we said before where is Yaakov tuned into what's his shoresh where does he derive his his what's at his core of his consciousness what's deep inside of him where is he plugged into even though he himself is the Eir Anpin, is the level of Teferes, he's, he's, he's receiving his vitality and his energy from the Yusoid element of Chachma. That means he has the ability to transmit Chachma. And Chachma, and Chachma is what does all the Birurim. In other words, the, the Zohar says an interesting thing. The Zohar says, B'chachma is Biridu. In other words, when I want to elevate when I want to elevate this cup of water, this cup of water is mixed good and bad. When I want to elevate this cup of water, I have to shine into it a radiance of chachma, and then it's elevated. What does that mean? I'm writing in the chachma. I have to pick it, I have to find within myself first an awareness of chachma. What's my awareness to chachma? My awareness of chachma is my essential nullification to God. My recognition that God is and nothing else exists besides Him, that He is the reality of everything. Once I connect with that consciousness, and for, if, if I just davened for two hours and deeply meditate that truth, so when I pour a cup of water, it's impossible that I, this water will remain just regular water. Because the moment I'm holding it, I'm filling the water with a sense of purpose. I'm understanding and I'm appreciating that this is for the, for the purpose of God. I'm absorbing this water into the bittal state. This water that what it once was regular physical water that could be used for uh, any klipa, to use it for whatever, is now transformed to be used for Kedusha. So when I apply Chachma to something, I do a beer. I refine, I take out its good potential. And Yaakov is attached to that Chachma. Look in Parshas Vayishlach on the Maimer Vayavik Ish that we learned a couple of years ago, a fascinating Maimer. Where, where it says over there that he's not able to prevail over him. It says the Malach was fighting with Esau and he wasn't able to be victorious over him. And he says the reason is why couldn't the Malach beat, why couldn't the Klipa beat Yaakov? Because Yaakov has such powerful spiritual consciousness and such powerful awareness because he has the Chachma shining in him, what happens is when you apply that light to the Klippa, what happens? The Klippa, it can't beat it. Ayin Yaakov. It is explained elsewhere in the Mimer on the Pasik Vayavarech Yaakov. It says Yaakov benched Paro so in that mimer over there, he explained it, ki Yaakov loy mess, because Yaakov didn't die. Was, why does Yaakov have such power to elevate, to bring redemption to this world, to elevate everything, to peel away the klipa and expose the spark of holiness that's in everything? And that's because the idea is as follows. Where does all the klipa come from in the first place? What's the root? How did we end up with such a mess? That's the bottom of the thing. How did we end up with a world so disconnected and so in denial of its own truth? How does this world fall into such a crazy state? The answer is, so Kabbalah explains, because of the primordial collapse of the shattering of the vessels that happened, you know, that God intentionally made it in a way where there should be a lack of, of cohesiveness or a, 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 a mis... Uh, 
a a a a, um, uh, a, a you know, would be the, the, an incompatibility between the vessels and the lights, where the vessels were not compatible with the energy, and that caused the energy to, to break and to collapse. I'm sorry, the vessels to collapse, and those collapsed vessels they are the source of all of all of all bro- of this brokenness that is within the world. The world is a broken world because it comes from the shattering of the vessels. Now it says in Kabbalah an interesting thing. Which vessels are we talking about? The ten sephiroth. The first pair of ten sephiroths, there's two sets of ten sephiroths. The first set of ten sephiroths collapsed. The second ones didn't. However, even the first pair, meaning the first, it's called Olam the world of, of chaos, where there was a shattering of the vessels. Now it says an interesting thing that the shattering of the vessels were only in the seven lower ones, which we learned a few weeks ago in a mimer, is from Das to Yesod. From Das to Yesod, over there there was a shattering of the vessels. But higher than that, in Chachman and Bina there was no collapse. And, and that's the meaning, that means, oh, where does Yaakov come from? What's the Shoresh of his spirituality? See, in order to fix something, if you yourself are broken, you can't fix someone else that's broken. You can only fix something if you're to really... That's why we go to a tzaddik to fix us. Because we know that tzaddik is not broken. And a tzaddik is able to do a repair in a person because he himself is not shattered. When you are... When I, like the sages say, right? When I, it's the idea that in order to, to, have a, to be able to fix... And as Chazal say different words, they say, first fix yourself and then fix others. Right, like they say in the airplane, first put your mask on your on your own, on yourself, and then you'll put it on to someone else. So you first got to make sure that you're in a good place. So the idea over here is the reason why Yaakov, the Jew, Yaakov, is able to fix everything, is because he himself is from above the shattering of the vessels. He himself never shattered. Our neshamas never fell down in the shattering of the vessels. Everything else in the world is part of this brokenness, not our souls. Because our souls come from Chachma, and in Chachma there was no Shvira. And there's no breaking. That's the meaning where the sages say an interesting thing. By Yaakov, it never says in the Torah that he died. It says, It says he was gathered into his people, but it doesn't say he died. And the answer is, Misa, death, is related to the shattering of the vessels. That, the first death that there was in, in, in existence was when those Sephirot collapsed. They're called, it says over there, the ten kings that ruled. They, they ruled and they died. They ruled and they died. Each one, they're called Misa. Since Yaakov comes from a place above those pharaohs that collapsed, so Yaakov has it within himself. That's why Yaakov doesn't die. And that's why he's able to make that Mechaya Mesim. He's able to bring Tchiasa Mesim from those things that are dead. Every time we elevate a spark, we're making Tchiasa Mesim. We're, 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 we're appearing the death element. Yaakov was not in a state of Shvira. From that place, descends this power to elevate sparks. This idea is stated in, in Eitz Chaim from the Arizal, that Yaakov's neshama was corrected, was, was established, was made, from the backside of Chachma, which never fell. Okay, Kabbalistic concept, that's why I said earlier. Chachma and Bina never fell, never collapsed. That's why it doesn't say by them death. 
it mentions seven kings that died. By the, by the, by the kings of Edom, in Parshas Vayishlach, it mentions seven kings that died. But by the eighth king, it doesn't mention death anymore, because there was no death by him. Uh, and this is his quality. Yaakov, who comes from Yesod Abba, is even higher than the Za'er Anpin itself. The Za'er Anpin on its own, which means the six emotions themselves from Atsilus, they did fall, they did collapse. Those are the general powers of the six sides of Atsilus. And then there was the Shviris Akelem. But Yaakov is not the sixth. See, when we think that Yaakov is the Za'er Anpin, he's not. He is the Za'er Anpin, but he is. He, he is in him, in Yaakov, is the light from much higher that's shining in the Zeir and that's his neshama. He's not the level of Zeir Anpin by itself, because that's where there was Shvira, there was a breakage. He's in the Yesod of Abba that's shining into the Zeir Anpin. Over there, there's no Shvira. Now it comes at well, the Abir Yaakov. The Yaakov is the fixer man who fixes everything because he himself. Has, is, not, is not broken. In other words, we deep inside ourselves, all of us, have a very clean and crystal sharp awareness of God. Now our job only is to share that with the world. To share that with everything around us as Jews. However, now that's, again, that was a parenthesis from the Tzemach Tzedek. Now we go back into the discourse. Now one against the other God made. Once God created a holy Yaakov, that's coming into this world to blast away the klipa and to illuminate and to shine down a holy chachma, that does not mean that that work is going to be easy. Because even though Yaakov is undefeatable and unbreakable, but that does not mean there can't be a challenge to him. Yaakov does have to go through a ferocious battle. Who fights him? What fights Yaakov is a power of klipa that's similar to him. What power of klipa is similar to him? We said Yaakov's koach is the power of chachma, chachma of holiness, chachma of kedusha. So Yaakov is in, has to battle with chachma of the other side. There is a chachma that klipa that comes. And what does that mean? In simple words, when you start davening and you try to meditate and try to find, go deep inside your soul to discover your little shemen zayazach, your little jug of olive oil that has not been contaminated. Right, in order to discover that little jug that has not been contaminated by yesterday. Our daily activities of yesterday, the news that we watch, the people that we hear, the vulgarity that we hear, the this that we, all these clippers seep into us. Okay? But there's always a deep place deep inside that's clean and pure, that has not been... But, we, but the problem is, in order to find it, you have to go deep into yourself. And that's what davening is. You're going deep and deep into your neshama. You're looking to discover that purity. You're looking to find that chachma shebenefesh, the inner, the inner purity of your soul. Right? The chachma. While you're trying and to activate your chachma, what's going to happen is, during davening, you're going to get all kinds of distracting thoughts. Machshav ezaris. Unholy thoughts are going to hit you, bombard you. Who is that? That's the chachma of the other side. The chachma of klipa. One opposite the other, the other, the God has done the kamoshi as chachma bekedusha, just like there is chachma in holiness. And they are father and mother. Chachma and bina. The misham milkach Yaakov, that's where Yaakov comes from. Kachnes ava besitra achra. So there is on the other side, and the sitra achra on the other side, gamkein chachma de klipa. 
On the other side, there is also Chachma. But this Chachma is the Chachma of Klipa. Al Derech Hartume Mitzrayim. Where do we have that there is wisdom in the Klipa? These are the, 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 um, the uh, sorcerers of Egypt, which we know that in Egypt, they were very, very great um, um, philosophers, thinkers. Uh, Paro had his Chachamim. Egypt had a lot of knowledge, but its, its knowledge was all knowledge to explain everything away in a natural means. It's basically like people that, scientists that are bent in explaining everything just as pure science and not to find or not to connect things or try to, with that chachma of, of thing, to conceal that there is a God creating everything. That's an unholy chachma. And that's chartume mitzrayim. Or like it says, They're wise to do bad. What does he mean? Does he mean two madregas over here? I'm not exactly sure. He brings oi or like. So maybe it means two things. It means either it means it can mean chachma chitzainis. Maybe the first thing, maybe, again, I'm guessing now. He doesn't say this, and I haven't seen this. Maybe chartume mitzrayim means when a person, for instance, we know secular studies can be very damaging to the soul. To be careful. Because a lot of times certain learnings or certain things are conducive to create challenge one's emunah and one's faith. Unless someone can really, really, really learn it to the very, very end, then you can see it's, it's not contradicting to holiness. But at, 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 at some points, learning... So that could be one thing. It's a contamination of the mind. Another Indian that can be over here is he means chachamim heimalara means simply the scheming, using of the mind for unholy purposes. Doesn't mean necessarily sciences. It's just the... And all of that affects one's ability to have crystal clean, clear chachma, to be able to... Now the rule is like this. The Alter Rebbe says, the forces of chachma and bina, of klipa, of the unholy, that stand up against our holy chachma, is something that, that we can zap them and they, and, and, and they disappear the moment you zap them. In other words, you don't really have to wrestle your way through all these unholy chachma to be, to be victorious. The way, it's, it's the idea that the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, that how do you deal with negative thoughts that have come up into your mind? How do you deal when you're bombarded with unholy thoughts? Whatever it is. When you, the thoughts are just coming and you try to... So sometimes a person thinks, I got to argue with the thought. I got to argue my way through it and beat my Yetzirah by explaining him how wrong he is. The Alter Rebbe said that's not the right method. That's not the way to fight him. The best way to fight him is by shining just light. When you shine light, darkness dispels automatically. Instead of trying to argue with, the, with, with, with whatever suggestion the other side is making, grab, a, grab something, put your mind into something holy and something godly and automatically the Klippa will go away. It won't happen in a second. It will try to break in but if you, you're consistent and you focus, and you say, I'm, I'm now learning, I don't have time for this, and you focus your mind on holy thoughts, a little bit of light pushes away a lot of darkness. So even though that's what he says, when you, when you have one get up, it says by Yaakov and Esau actually, it says that they're like a seesaw. Yaakov represents holiness and Esau represents Kalipa. And Hashem told 
um, and, 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 and the Rivka, when she couldn't understand what's going on in her belly, when she went to find out, what was she told? She told that you have these two forces inside of you, and when, and when one, and the Zelma, and one will gather strength against the other. So, when one gets up, the other one will fall. It's gone. So, which means that when we activate Kedusha, when we daven, when we meditate in davening, automatically you're shining in your Kedusha, your holiness, the Kalipa will disappear. When you reveal the holiness of Kedusha, when you expose your Yud that's inside of you, you reveal that Yud, don't keep it as a best, best kept secret. A lot of times as Jews, we want to keep our Yud in a very, very hidden place, a very secret. It's not the Avaida. Our Avaida is to reveal that secret to ourselves and then to the world. When you, you reveal your Yud Yud, as a memela mizbatlim So automatically, all the unholy Chachma dissipate and falls away. The Sitra Achra of the other side. Vizel, and this is the meaning of lehibit aven biyakov, that the iniquities cannot beat Yaakov. The iniquities cannot destroy Yaakov. Because when Yaakov is strong by himself and takes a stand and shines his chachma, the klipa dissipates, you don't have to argue with darkness for it to go away. All you have to do is ignore the darkness by turning on light, and the darkness goes away. Lehibit aven biyakov, pidish aven hu chachma de klipa, that's the Chachma, which he explains in a minute, which means all the distracting thoughts. Meloshin, the ish avein machshavaisa. Where do you find that oven iniquity related to thoughts? It's the Chachma, because it says a man of oven will 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 be turn, will will, uh, will will relinquish machshavaisa of his thoughts. So you see that oven is related to machshav. Shehema machshavus rois. These are the negative thoughts machachma anel that come from the unholy Chachma. See, that's the whole point. You see, the whole point over here is lahibit. It's not even looking. That means the, oh, the what happens to darkness? See, darkness can never steal light in the eye. Why? There's never a conflict. There's never a debate between light and darkness. Why is there never a debate between light and darkness? Because the moment you open up the light, darkness disappears automatically. There's not an argument. The negative thoughts cannot gaze. It means they don't stay there looking at him because the moment you display this power, the clipper runs. But that doesn't mean it's not hard work. It's exhausting, as he's going to explain in a minute. There is avoid it. It's difficult work. Um, it can't gaze at all at Yaakov. When Chachma of Kedusha comes, the light pushes away the darkness. And so is below in the service of God. And all the days of the weekdays, we all have to be Yaakov Jews. That's our Avayda. Because in the weekday, we find ourselves in a world surrounded with klipa, surrounded, our bodies are not in the mood of serving God. Of the whole service, the whole state of, of fears around us is unholiness. And our work is to blast light. By doing what? Levarer birudim. We need to refine, to break a refinement. We make first a general refinement inside ourselves. Because again, when you wake up in the morning, you're not necessarily filled with a, a powerful awareness of God and purpose. You're filled with yourself, with your own ego. I'm hungry, I'm tired, how am I going to have a good time? What am I eating for breakfast? 
I having a cheese omelet or am I having a Spanish omelet? That's what you wake up in the morning. That's what you're thinking about. It's like the most important thing in the world, what kind of omelet I'm going to eat right now. Nothing else. Nothing else. There's no, there's no other reality but the fact that I need to know what I'm going to eat. So, so what's that? That's a total klipa. Nothing bad. I'm not doing anything wrong. Oh, I'm eating an omelet. I'm not eating bacon and, 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 uh, and whatever. Uh, but... but uh, but it's, 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 it's just, there's, no, there's nothing godly there. That's how you wake up. It. You wake up in this unholy state. What do you have to do during davening? You have to make a refinement. You have to push as the ego, the klipa out, and set, set, set your, orient yourself. You have to set yourself straight. What do you do during davening? Davening is all about expanding your holy consciousness. The moment you say, Baruch Sha'amar Vahoya Olam, God spoke and the world came into existence, you suddenly realize that this is not just a world, this is God's world, and I'm not just uh, an accident. I'm a, I purposely was put over here by Hashem with a purpose, with a mission. Oh, so first, that's called the first beer. You have to realize that. Your first beer you have to do every day is a beer in yourself. You have to clarify within yourself what your life is about. Dominating is all about clarification. You have to open up your neshama and make that feel your entire consciousness. Once you did a beer in yourself, now, once you're focused, you can bring focus to the people you meet. But the people that meet you, you rub off on them. You're sharing your excitement, your fervor, your passion about what you're all about to serve Hashem. They're swept up in that frenzy. You give them a little bit of light. And it can be all throughout the day. From the teller you meet in the bank to the grocery person over there to the mailman. Every person you meet, there's something godly rubbing off you. And then it translates also into the objects that you, you come into contact with. Because all these things suddenly become purposeful. They become focused. And you're doing clarity. You're making a beer and everything. So, You start Yaakov does birurim al-yideyat tefillah through tefillah. In davening your megale, the yod, you reveal the yod, the chachma, the liba, and the thirst and the longing of your heart. To serve God, and where do you reveal that? In your heels, which is in your body, which is the heels. And then you remain focused all day. By doing what? Once you daven that way, so automatically when things come up during the day that are not kosher and not without God, you push them away. And then things, and then you do good. And then Then the sin cannot, cannot, cannot look at Yaakov in other words when your lights are off and I'm going to say this is just a, I think this is really what's being said if you forget to turn on your light in the morning you're going to experience all kinds of klippa during the day even though you're, you're generally a good Jew you want to you know, you do but if you did not turn on your light in the morning there's a lot of klippa that's going to that's going to all kinds of stuff but if you spend you have a chasidish morning a deep morning in which you focus your few, uh, the, the, the beginning of the day, whatever time you have, but you set, you want to turn on your light. You want to turn on your chachma. That should like light up in your brain and from there into your heart and your entire being. Fill it during davening with chachma, deep davening, spreading godly consciousness. Then what's going to happen? The klipin doesn't have a chance. It runs throughout the day. Because you're filled, you're radiating that light that gets the klipa that ma'at or har Omnam, however, this is all during the week. Omnam b'Shabbos, when Shabbos comes along, siv v'leida amol b'Yisrael. There's no toil in Israel, because on Shabbos we ascend to a whole different place. 
because in the level of Yaakov, Nimtza Pchenas Amal. In Yaakov, there is Amal. Adam la Amal Yula. The person was created to toil. Shu Avoid, and this is the service, Vayagia, and the toil, Levarer Bidure Noiga, in which we have to do a bidder, in which we have to rectify, we have to separate good from bad. Vare Yoyed Mimakoimai. First of all, the very fact that you're going out from your holy place and you're going to influence somewhere else, that's already toil. That's person gets tired when they travel. And the fact that you are traveling, you're traveling out of your... A Jew really is an entity of holiness. The fact that you're going out of your environment into an unholy place, no, that's a bitter. You go down from your place, from the place of a kvayim, to do a bitter over there. And this is the idea. Six days you work. And why is it called Tavoid? That's called Ibud. Ibud Remember, we said earlier, we gave it in the introduction. It's the work of a tannery. You're taking the tough elements. What's a tannery? You take these tough hides and skins and you bend them back and forth till they become soft and, and refined. That's what we're doing. We're taking the tough elements of this world our body, our Yetzirah, and the world, the things around us that are so tough and they don't want to bend and yield towards their purpose to serving God. And you have to work with it. That's very difficult work. You need a lot of work and a lot of toil. Until they would change from the first substance of what they are to become something else. Until you take a hard piece of leather and you can make with them soft shoes it's a lot of work. Okay, hi, God, or the like. So the same is still the same our work of rectifying this world. To transform it from darkness to light. How do you do that? You eat. How do you take something that's dark and make it holy? Well, we human beings are converters of energy. That's what we are. We are all, um, what is it called? We are. Um, I just someone used a good word a few weeks ago. I heard. We are consumers, right? We consume stuff. We're very big consumers, all of us. We're consuming stuff all the time: clothing that we have to wear, food that we need to eat, oxygen that we need to breathe. Stuff. You know how much goes through? Look at your shopping bills and lists. It's like how much goes? Like <laughs> I wonder, like how in the world did all this? And where did it all go? It's like. So we're big consumers. God made us that way. We're very needy. Why? Like this, we consume. We consume. We go, what we do is, everything that ends up being part of us, we can, once they become part of us, we can direct it into a different direction where we are. So all these things in this world are unholy until, we, until they become part of us. But the moment the food becomes your, your energy, the moment become, the calories are burnt into an exercise, and once your exercise is doing a mitzvah, You've turned something that was a klipa, unholy, disconnected from God, and converted it into Hashem Echad. You turned it into, you, you turned it into God. That's what you've done. You've taken things in this world, all energy. You said Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad with that energy. You eat and you daven with the power of the food that you ate. Food that could have been eaten by someone else, and they would have used the the, the energy for something totally unholy. And now you use the energy to serve Hashem. This, but this is hard work. You have to change them from their mohus, from their substance of what they are. 
to make things meyesh ayin to make from substance nothingness from from make from things that are yesh things that feel themselves very 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 something and to turn them and convert them into something surrendered to God where they become ayin when they become nothingness that's avoda because Hashem like the Baal Shem Tov said Hashem creates the world meayin liyesh from non to yesh well, the Baal Shem Tov said differently the Baal Shem Tov said the Ebrishter gives Yidin uh, Hashem makes from Ruchni is Gashmias from spiritual Hashem makes God and our avoda is to make from Gashmias from take physical things and turn them back into Ruchnias turn it into a mitzvah so that's the same idea Hashem makes from ayin to yesh and our work is to change it back from yesh to ayin this is a change in the whole order of the way God creates things God creates things that the more he diminishes his light the more stuck up on itself it becomes and then we take it that's why it says the word tzaddikim is greater than God's word because we convert things back into holiness that's why this is this is work of amal and toil but that's why it says in Shabbos on this day God rests what do you see from here that on the other seven days there's no rest it's toil in the six days of creation it's toil but this is only in the level of Yaakov but by Yisrael by Yisrael there is no toil why? So it says in Chaim. We said earlier in Shabbos, it's not our work to fix the world. Shabbos, we enter into a whole different zone. Shabbos, our work is just to delight in God's light. To, del- to delight in godliness. To revel in Hashem's beauty. So it says, so now he's going to explain it. See, earlier we had a whole long introduction how this is in our lives. Earlier we had this whole explanation how this is in our lives. Now he's going to explain how this is in the cosmic realms. Shebechoyel, in the weekdays, so he's going to explain the dynamics work like this. In the weekdays, you see, we are supposed to run our internal clock and our internal calendar. We have to run it synchronized with the cosmic calendar. With the... So the way things run on a bigger scale, that's the way we are. Every Jew is like a miniature, say the Rishdalshalas. You're like on a miniature, entire godly configuration. So the way the config, things are configured up there, that's the way we're supposed to be configured down here. We're like the shadow of God. Or the, 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 the right? So what is that? So on, on the weekday it says, the zivuk, there is a supernal, the way God's the energy flow flows into the universe is that there is a unification between what's called Yaakov and Rachel. Rachel is the Shechina, which is the life force of creation. And then there is Yaakov, is the Jewish person entering into the creation. Yaakov channels his light into Rachel. There's a Yichud between Yaakov and Rachel. And that's what sustains the world. What does it mean? During the week, the, the Avoide is, what's Yaakov? We spoke earlier. The Avoide is that projecting of light downward. That's the Avod. Illuminating, blasting through, Yibaka. That's our Avod. So, in, 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 so the Arizal says that in, in heaven, that in, in the weekday, the Zivug is Yaakov and Rachel. Va'az and then, Nimtza Avodah Sabirunim. That's when the Avodah is to do the Birur. 
Sheyardim Bibiyah. This Yichud means that, again, because we, we learned many times, even though we learned so many times that it's the Shekhinah is the one that does the beer. Malchus goes down, Malchus is Yerit. But we know that the, 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 the Chazal say an interesting thing. Ishtar Lichbosh. It's a man's, it's a man's, it's a man's style to conquer. It's not the woman's style to conquer. Which means on the deepest level, on the highest levels, it means that the Shekhinah, power of Shekhinah itself, uh, doesn't have the power, even though she's the one active at this avoda of, of, of refining, refinement, the real power she's getting from, from Ze'er Anpin, from her husband. So it's the power of the, 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 the uh, level of Yaakov that empowers the avoda of Birurim. And that's the meaning over here. Avoda sa Birurim. We go down into Bria, to do a beer. How do you see that Ze'er Ampen is Yorid? Not only Shechina. What is the six days of creation? The six days of creation is Sunday is Chesed, Monday is Gevura. So you see there's a Yorida of the Midas into the creation. And that's the power of where we do, from where we do the Birudim. And afterwards, Mis'alem Ba'atzilus Bishasatfila. Meaning, meaning to say like this, all day long, when you're not davening, when we're not in a state of davening, where, 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 where are we? Even though we're inspired with a holy awareness, we have that in the background of our mind, but the actual space that we find ourselves with is a space of klipa, is a space of bria, yitzir, and asiya, a space of unholiness. During davening itself, we can enter into a consciousness of Atsilas. What's the consciousness of Atsilas? Total unification with God. That's during dominating. But the rest of the day, we are, we are, in we're in Klippa, and over there trying to focus our lives and do what's right. We're elevated into Atsilas, during the time of dominating. Just like it is in our own un- just like it is in our own, uh, in our own little self, so it is in the Shechina. During the, during the whole day, the Shekhinah is down in the world. During davening, it says the Shekhinah rises in Tatsilas. Avo b'Shabbos, but on Shabbos, u'zivug Yisrael v'Rachel. On Shabbos, the unification is through Yisrael and Rachel, not Yaakov and, Yis- and Rachel. What does that mean? Yisrael hainu zah. There's an Eramp. V'hainu, what does that mean? Shabbos, that on Shabbos, any, and, and, and the dynamics of Yisrael is a complete different dynamic of Yaakov. Yaakov's Indian is, he's a warrior, he's a fighter, he's going to go pick a fight with darkness. He's going to go into the klipa to blast it with light. Yibaka, keshachar oirech, he's going to shine his light. Yisrael's Indian is a whole different Indian. Yisrael is suddenly that same Yaakov Avinu, suddenly he becomes it withdraws completely from this battle and he goes into the um, and he goes into the base medrash to learn to daven to sing to be close to God it's a whole different Indian it's the Jew not as a fighter but the Jew as an extremely high spiritual being cleaving to his creator and that's the reason why that is physically that way. We don't do that. It's because spiritually it's the same thing. In, 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 the, in, in, in every day it says, the kalim, we said earlier, chesed goes down on Sunday. Monday, gavura goes down. Every day one of the spheros descends into the lower worlds to do the beer. 
but not on Shabbos. On Shabbos, the kalim of Atzilas do not go down and breathe Atzir and Asir to do a bitter. Shazel Pchenas Yaakov, that's what Yaakov is. Yud Ekev, it's the Yud Ekev going down. Kim Adarab, on the contrary, Misalim Habirudim, everything is in an opposite state. It's not in a state of down, where energy is flowing downward into the lower forms of existence. Quite on the contrary, everything is retracting. Everything is going back up. And all the holiness and all these sparks of holiness that we have attracted during the week through our Avodah. So during the week we know, even when we, let's say, daven, or when we use energy that we used for, that we took from the klipa, and, we, and we're trying to serve Hashem, during the week we don't have crystal clear service of God. We don't experience Hashem's unity to the Atma. Even, even in our highest moment during the week, it's still a little blurry. Because we're still in Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya. We haven't really, really made it into Atzilas. Shabbos, what happens? It says all the, all the sparks of holiness that were elevated during the week are receive their ultimate elevation and absorption in Hashem on Shabbos. So Shabbos, it's not, we're not down hunting sparks. We're, we're just pulling everything inward. All that which we've elevated during the weekday, become absorbed in atzilus, which means, in other words, a very deep thing. You don't realize we don't we don't we don't we're not conscious of this that when we have a very good davening on Shabbos, or when we have a very strong spiritual Shabbos and a very deep spiritual moment, it's not only the time that we're in right now. That is that, that that is in this that is now being affected. It's Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday when you are very outside of holiness is now being brought into this as well. That's a very it's an amazing chiddush. I mean, everybody we hear about it, but we don't really think about it. It's like you're 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 taking the the days of the week itself and all the experiences of the week. We're Again, providing that they were kosher and directed towards Hashem, because what you're elevating in Shabbos is that which you have already refined during the week. So you take those experiences, and you re- it's almost like when we say that Yosef had to like do a second, a birusheni, a second elevation. After the Shvatim elevated, they had to bring it to Yosef, and Yosef had to re-elevate. It's the same idea. Because Shabbos is the elevation of worlds. And this is the idea of, this is why we're called Yisrael. Just like we spoke earlier the etymology of the word Yaakov, now let's analyze the word Yisrael. Yisrael comes from the word Shir Kale, a song of Kale. So, what does that mean? Yisrael is Shir Kale. What does that mean? So, Kale is singing. So, what does it mean, Kale is singing? See, we spoke earlier that Yaakov is the Zeir Ampin. But the Zeir Anpin of, of, of Yaakov, of, of during the week, the Zeir Anpin is putting on clothing, warrior clothing, to go down lower to fight. So the, the, the Indian of, of Yaakov is the, the again, Yaakov is Teferis, so it's, it's an element of the six emotions. But they're in a state, as we said before, of going down to fight. On Shabbos, what happens to Kale? What's Kale? Kale is a name associated with also the Zeir Anpin. Chesed is called Kale, Chesed Kale. But in some way, the entire Zeir Ampin is called Kale. Not just Chesed is called Kale, but the entire Zeir Ampin is called Kale. So if the entire Zeir but what is Kale doing? Instead of Yibaka going down that way, what is Kale doing? Sheer, Kale is singing. Zeir Ampin is singing. 
So how does that translate into the neshama? Instead of the neshama going out into dark places to illuminate, the neshama has a day where it's supposed to reconnect itself higher and higher and higher and delight in all the... Why? Because what happens is as a result of all our work that we did during the week and elevating these sparks, that brings the Abishter tremendous pleasure. That brings God tremendous pleasure. Pleasure we know is in Keser. When there is the light... There is a, so what happens is we activating, we're activating, we're, we're bringing, we're opening up Kesser, and suddenly there is a great outpouring of divine, of godly delight. The Abishter is, 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 is thrilling, so to speak, in all that we've done, and that thrill and that delight reveals itself in, into Atzilus and into, into the... And over there, the Ze'er Anpin is then experiencing that exhilarating revelation of Tainug that's coming from above from Kesser. So what is, and what is it doing? It's sheer. It's singing. It's singing to who? Kale, sheer kale. Kale is singing. Um, it's interesting. There is a Yisrael during the week as well. We're going to see later in the Mimer. But the Yisrael of the week is not only Yaakov during the week. There's Yisrael also during the week. But the Yisrael during the week is not sheer kale. It's Yashar kale. Yashar means kale is going down. Yashar kale. That the kale is being directed the illumination of the spheres are directed downward, straight. Now it's in a storm of sheer. Sheer always means, what is singing? What, what do you sing by your fabrengen? What is, what is singing supposed to do? It's supposed to elevate the whole environment. It's supposed to pick people up to a higher place. When you sing a nigan, it, it, it lifts you up. Sheer kale. Kale is singing. As he says over here, because every elevation, they sheer is through a song. It's an elevation of the element of kale. Which this becomes This sheer, this song comes from the re- re- returning light of all the birurim. As we said earlier, why is there such revelation of pleasure in the upper world? Why is the because there's so much revelation. Well, why is there so much revelation? Because God is, has tainug from all that we did during the week. Which means all the sparks of holiness that have been included, that have been elevated. That's called the Or Chayzer. Or Chayzer is the lights, rebounding light. Light going up. And what does this rebounding light cause? Mad. It causes masculine waters. Mayin Duchrin. Masculine waters. Which means from a very high place. What does that mean? The revelation of the supernal pleasure. You should be able to delight on God, which means the lights of Keser are, are shining. He's going to say later in the Mimer that on Shabbos there is a Yichud of Za and Keser. Yeah? So the Yichud is upwards. See, Shabbos, during the week, the Yichud is between Havaya and Elokim. Elokim is Malchus. The creation. The avoid is to bring the oil elaki of Avaya into Elokim. So the avoid is only from the air ramp and going down, not receiving light and the light from above. But on Shabbos, the Yichud is Avaya and Eke. Eke is the name of Keser. So you're getting light upward. There is a delight and a pleasure in the Ainsof. Now here the Tzemach Tzedek makes a twist that's a little. It 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 it's which seems to be going a little bit different than what he just said, which I don't understand. Because what we just said is that the shear of Shabbos is the shear of Shabbos is um, a song that is directly related to what I mean. I do understand it, but I mean yesh but okay. Well, again, well, 
We were just saying that the song of Shabbos comes because as a result of all the sparks that were elevated during the week, what happens? That is oilolamayla. That shear causes a, a revelation from above, and that's the singing. But now the Tzemach Tzedek adds that it's not so much related to the, to the Aliyah from below. Because a song that's related to the, rev, to the elevation from below is called Shira. Shira Chadasha. Feminine song. This is called Shir. And the difference between it's a masculine song. That means that the song is not coming because something is elevated from below. That's a feminine song. So let's see. The F Shalimah we can see. But how does that fit? But I think I'm going to explain it in a minute. The F Shalimah we can say, the Pidish Shir Kale, Hainukid, the Pidish Al Pasuk, Shiru Lashem, Shir Chadar. Sing to God a new song. The Hine for Behold. He explains it like this. Keshem is badded in Man de Biyah. When the Mayan Nukvit, when the feminine waters, when the elements of this world, which is Briya Tzir Nasiyah, are elevated. The Oilinli is And they rise up to become absorbed. Bemad in the Mayan Dukhrin, in the masculine waters, the Tikkun of Tikkun, which means when, this, when these broken elements of this world become unified with holiness, with godliness, that's a simple meaning, that they get connected to the masculine waters of Tikkun. Azei Nikra Shira Chadasha. That's called a new song. Shira Lasha Nekeva. Why? Because who is singing? It's these sparks of holiness that were part of the Shekhinah, that were stuck in the world. They're singing because they're reunified with their source. So it's her song, not his song. Because in general, Bria Yatsir and Asiya is called the feminine world. Because it's the world of the Shekhinah, which is female. Legaba Atzilus compared to Atzilus, which is called the masculine world. The Nikra, and it's not, that's, that explains why it's a feminine song. Why is it called Shira Chadasha? Shira Chadasha Shibchu Giyulim. Why Shira Chadasha, a new song? Because the whole song comes from the Chidush. What's the Chidush? It's a novelty. When, when things that were stuck in Klippa, when things that were in a state of Yesh, that were disconnected from God, suddenly are converted and they become godly, what happens? It's a Chidush. That's a novelty. So it's a shira chadasha. When, we, when we're delighting in that which we've transformed. When you take a look and you see, I had this challenge and I had this difficulty and I was able to break through it and, this, and, 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 and come out uh, winning in it. And, and, so that's why I conquered it. So that's a song. That's, it's a new thing. That it should become absorbed. Something that fell down in the Shvira of Noiga. And it should arise up in the holiness of Atzilus. The same as the general force of Malchus. When she rises from Bria Yetzir and Asiya to Atzilus, this is called Shira Lashenekev. Avo shir lashin zachar, but the shir masculine song who who alias hadachar atzmai. It's when the male is singing. It's when zeir anpin rises, not malchus. The hainu is alus pchinezah when the zeir anpin rises. She yekamblu kelim dezah ma'oyres the abba atzman. It's when the midas of atzilus. One second, when the midas of atzilus rise up higher to receive light from chachma and bina itself, as we're going to see later in the mimer, as we said, what happens on Shabbos? The Jew rises higher to receive pure chachma light. That's what Shabbos kodesh is. Kodesh is chachma. Shabbos, there is an illumination of chachma light from chachma in the neshama. For who aliyah shaloya yadei birudim. 
This aliyah is not through the birurim. Now he's going to explain it in a minute. It doesn't mean there's no birurim at all. Because what causes this aliyah to happen in the first place is what you, is what you did during the week. Because Misha Tarach Be'erev Shabbos, Yechel Shabbos. You can only sing on Shabbos if you worked hard on Erev Shabbos. But the actual sheer, I think that's what he means. The sheer itself, you hear Yeshua. The sheer itself is coming from an illumination from above, not from the, the, the aliyah. In the weekday, the song is connected to what? To the, to the, to the, to the weekday and to the, to, the, to the darkness being transformed. Shabbos, the delight is not in the darkness. The light is not that I converted. The delight is us to Samig al Hashem. You're delighting on pure godliness. What made God accessible that you should be able to delight in Him? That's because Hashem is so wants to shine upon you because of the struggle that you struggled during the week and because you conquered on the week. That's what gave God a title. That's what the Abish shines upon you. But the actual pleasure is from a, from a shining of light that's coming upon you from above, not from the transformation happening from below. The transforming of the below below is only a trigger to bring this light. That's the idea. It's not from the birudim. It's an elevation. It's an added light of Kedusha itself. Like it's going to be after Mashiach comes. Mashiach comes, we know it's going to be a world of pleasure and delight. Well, hold it. Isn't, doesn't all delight come from struggle? But after Mashiach comes, there's no more struggle. And the answer is, yeah, no, the, the, the pleasure is going to be from ele- being elevated within holiness itself, higher and higher and higher and higher. That itself is the pleasure. It, doesn't, it won't always be that our only pleasure, sense of satisfaction, is only when we conquered something dark. That's gullus minded That's the way it is now. When the birur is over, and the spirit of unholiness, Hashem will remove from the world. There won't be any bad at all. Nevertheless, there will be aliyas in holiness itself. We have something similar to that. So similar to that we have on Shabbos. is not from the birur. Like in the week. In other words, in the week, for instance, but during davening, your davening is fueled by the birur you did yesterday. That's what's fueling your davening today. But on Shabbos, the Aliyah is on its own. It's not, On Shabbos, Boyer is Aser. But you can't say it's totally not related to what happened. Because, It's through the Birudim they did during the week. Like Hazal say, Whoever was toiled on Erev Shabbos, will eat on Shabbos. But I think it's in a level what we call a Gurama. You know what we call a grama? It's only a cause. Because you did the birunim during the week, that caused pleasure above. And that pleasure is then the hisgalos, the mayan duchrin, the masculine waters come shining down. And that shining on the air anpin, on Zahav Atzilus, causes great pleasure. What? It's not shayat. You cannot stop time. No, but but to have her, but but still, Chazal say even though you can't stop time, if you didn't work during the week, you're not going to have Shabbos. You won't. Have you won't have anything to eat on Shabbos, which means you won't have the pleasure. The, the physical pleasure is ref- what? No, you won't have the spiritual either. Not the, the work of Er Shabbos. When we when you say when you don't work on Er Shabbos, you don't have Shabbos. It means two things. 
Begashnius it means if you don't make cholent, you're not going to eat cholent. And 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 and, and beruchnius it means if you didn't prepare spiritual cholent during the week, which means you didn't do avodas abirurim, you're not going to have the pleasure on Shabbos. Beruchnius, it's it's one is tied into the other. That means the, the Shabbos is affected of the week, but yet even though it's affected of the week, the pleasure is not from the conversion of the inyanim of the weekday. The pleasure is us tisanegal Hashem. A yid on Shabbos can experience. A lakus get that's not shaykh to the world bchalal. It's just pure holiness, pure pure abishter. Um, but when Mashiach comes and it's going to be the full day of Shabbos, then the aliyahs that are going to continue after Mashiach comes are going to be totally unrelated to elevating low things because nothing is going to be low anymore. There won't, the aliyah will be not through a bitter compl- at all. The nikra aliyah zu b'shem shir, and that's called real shir. Lashen zacher b'chenaz dchar, and that's lashen. That, that's a song of the male. So the Tzemach Tzedek says, based on this we can say that Shabbos is called Shir Atzma. It's the Aliyah of holiness itself. By the way, it's interesting because it's, it's surprising he doesn't mention this. In many other memoriam it explains that's the difference between the song of Friday night and the song of Shabbos. Two Shabbos. The Shabbos of Friday night is the pleasure that comes from being elevated from the darkness of the world. And that's why it's taka female. Shabbos Friday night is feminine. Everything is Shabbos HaMalka. Everything is Venuchu Kal Yisrael. Everything is female. Shabbos day is masculine Shabbos. And it says the energy of Shabbos day is all in a manner of Yerida, of descending light. That means from Keser it's shining into the Zeir Anpin. It's not an standard of Aliyah of escaping the darkness. It's interesting that he doesn't mention that over here. That in Shabbos itself, there's Shira and there's Shir. I guess we're talking about Mizmor Shir, Leyayim HaShabbos. Shaloya Yidei Berurin Kamoi Bechoyel. V'ayna Kamoi Shekasev Eitz Chaim Soif Shin Lamed. V'ha'zah Nikra Kel. That Zah is called Kel. So the Zeir Rampin itself is singing. It's not the Aliyah of Malchus, Ayn Shal. Omnam Yashloyim Agam Kei Mepir Shir Kel. Hashem Aliyah Sa Malchus. I tried to look up the Zoyar and I couldn't find at all what he's referring to. It does bring kale over there, but I guess the only way to really understand it is to look in Migdash Melech. And being that I don't have a Migdash Melech, which I thought about today that I should get a Migdash Melech, but meanwhile I don't have one, so I couldn't look this up. We're going to try to get it. That's why in the beginning of Yisrael it says, you fought over Elohim. Now he's going to explain that idea that Yisrael is above Elohim. What does that mean? Because you're not the struggling weekday Jew. Shabbos, you're Yisrael. You're over the Elohim. You're over the darkness. The Indian, and this is what I mentioned earlier. There are 120 combinations of the name of Elohim. Because again, the name of Elohim is the name of God that creates concealment and darkness. The name of Elohim is Gematria Hateva. It's the name of, of constriction. It's the name of Gevura, which conceals and blocks. In order to get it really, really, really dark, God had to put many, 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 many filters. And those are, according to the Arizal, 120 Tzirufim of Elohim. Ba'olam is Biyah Besoid. This is the secret of Malach Elohim Al-Goyim. That Elohim reigns over nations. That means over the Goyim, over the nations of the unholy world, it's the name of Elohim that dominates, which means that blocks Hashem's light to create this elude, this klipa. 
Dahainu, which means as follows. Where do you get where do you get the hundred and twenty? Where do you get this number that there is a hundred and twenty tzirufe elokim? Dahainu, which means mizad debriya atzia malchus tasiya. From the zair, where do the so it says in 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 Chaim. So I looked up a little bit in Mavoisha Arim. From the Arizal, where I, again I don't know if I found exactly the spot, but somehow like this I got over there. That the, how do you get the number one hundred and twenty to Rufim of Elokim? These are the one hundred and twenty different combinations. But exactly, he says there is like as follows: in in Bria, in the world of Bria, you already have Elokim. The first twenty Tzirufim of Elokim are concealing light of God in the world of Bria. The first twenty, and that, and that is from the Zeir Anpin of Bria. It looks like like this: the Chachma and Bina of Bria are above Elokim. Over there, it's still pure godliness. It's almost like Atzilus. It's still Bria, but it's similar to Atzilus. Maybe that's why I think in Chachman Bina, in the Chabad of Bria is Ganeden. Over there is pure light. So it's still they Giloi Vayita Avaya Elokim Gan Beeden. That Ganeden is from Avaya, not from Elokim. That means Avaya is shining through in Ganeden. So that could be that's the Chabad of Bria. There's no Elokim yet. But from the Zeir Ampin of Bria, we know that there's ten spheres in each world. From the Zeir Ampin of Bria, there's an Islapshus of the name of Elokim, which means a strong filter. Twenty of them. Why twenty? I'm not exactly sure the number twenty, why he comes up with twenty in the, in the Zah of, of Zah and Malchus of Bria. That's twenty. In Yetzira and in, and in Asiya, there's fifty each. Why? Because for the f- five, for the five partsufim, that there is because all five parts of him, so five and, one, and, and the five parts of him of, of Yetzira, and he doesn't explain this because there's five parts of him, and each one, I guess, if there's five parts of him, each one has ten combinations of Elohim. So it's five times fifty. So together you get in Yetzira. So as you're going down, the more Elohims you're putting, the more concealments, the more blockages, the more Gavuris you have, the darker it gets. But Yaakov, but that's. That's uh, Yaakov. Yisrael is what? Sarisa Melokim. So on Shabbos we rise into Atzilus. On Shabbos we rise above all these Kufchaf Tzirufim of the name of Elokim. Ham Kufchaf Tzirufim Shalokim Kama Shekansa Besayf Seifram Avoy Sha'arim Va'ayim Be'etz Chaim Shar HaShemais Look at Etz Chaim Shar HaShemais Interesting, at the end of Seifram Avoy Sha'arim it's, you know, it's, it's in the end of the year it's part of the uh, uh, writings of the uh, uh, in the end of it, there's a whole discussion of the lowest worlds of Klippas. And you get like, it actually describes every country. It's really interesting stuff there. Like which Klippas, what, where and when, and how it evolves in the lower realms. This Hasidus doesn't really pay attention to this stuff. Hasidus is always busy talking about the Oren Seif, that's Kolba Atmos, and this and that. But a lot of cool Kabbalistic stuff about what's going on down here. About which snakes and scorpions dominate here and there and there you get when you read that stuff. In any case, the Ayin Beit Chaim Shara Shemos. Look at Beit Chaim Shara Shemos, where it talks about what's dominating in these lower realms down here. Now, ultimately, even though this the 120 Tzurufim of Shem Elokim really take, where do they really take hold, and where do they really have their powerful darkening effect in the world of Bria, and then darker in Yetzira, and finally in Asiya. It's like we say, Rubai Kekulera, mostly Klippa. Fine. But really, where does it begin? In Malchus of Atzilus. Because Malchus of Atzilus, we know, is the name of Elohim itself. Because what's the whole point of Malchus? Let's think about it. 
What's the whole point of Malchus? It's to separate. There should be a king and a subject. Well, you don't have, and that, that requires a filter. Because if God's truth would be shining, if God's tr- truth would be emanating uh, through without that filter of Malchus, without the, without, then, then the Abishta wouldn't have the pleasure of having a melech ala'am. Ain melech beloyam. There has to be a disconnect. So Elohim in Malchus of Atzilus creates the general disconnect. And then the kuf chaf tirufim, they're already the various variations of how dark it will get and how nifrad the creatures will become. Till you reach Olam Azagashmi, when you're dealing with creatures that can deny God completely. Right? Rebels. Right. Which is all about, and what's the purpose? That too has a purpose. Malchus is called Elohim. Malchus is here to create. Why? Because it creates. It's here to create what's called Yehuda Tata, the lower Yehud. What's the lower Yehud? So we learn in, in the Zohar, we learn there's two types of Yehudim. A higher Yehud is Yehud Allah is when, 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 when you experience God's unity in a manner where you don't even exist, God is the only reality. It means you are part of Hashem and all of existence is part of Hashem. Yehud Tata means I am, I have a life, I have a me, but I am surrendering myself to the Ebishter. So where does that begin? The Yehud Tata in Malchus. Baruch Shem Kavayd Machusa the Olam Vayad is Yehud Tata is the lower Yehud. That's Malchus. Shamastir that hides Liyasa Olam near the Yesh for the world to look. Yeah, for the world to be a Yesh. Avo Bchenas Yisrael, but that's only where in Malchus. But Yisrael is Yisrael is Eirampin. Yeah, where's Yisrael? The root of the name Yisrael is in Eirampin. It's not in Malchus. So Yisrael, and even Yaakov is also higher. Yaakov is also higher. But Yaakov, but Yaakov is Yud Ekev. Yaakov goes down into the world of Malchus to illuminate. Yisrael is the Jew before he puts on the clothing of, 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 of dressing himself up in the garments of Ekev. So Yisrael is, is the Jew, his pure neshama, before it enclothes itself in all these darkness, before he goes into a body, before he goes into a nefesh of Bahamas, before Bechlal enters into the world. It's in a state of pure godliness. It's higher than Malchus, there's no Elohim there. So he said, Elohim, you're above it. Avo b'chines Yisrael, shu b'chines Zad Atzilus, which is Zad Atzilus, who mishtarer, it rules, who moishal al-shem al-lukim, and it dominates over al-lukim, shalo yastir al-orein seif baruchu. It doesn't allow the name of the lukim to conceal and block on the orein seif, and that's where we are on Shabbos. On Shabbos we are in a place where there is no clouds, there aren't any, any blockages. V'ayin b'mokam achar b'biyur d'mesuzah me'yamin, Okay. I didn't look that up, so I don't can't tell you what it says there. Now, when as a result of this ishtal shalos, of this, this of this progressive descent of these 120 terufim of the name of Elohim, where it keeps on getting darker and darker, which I mentioned earlier from the Priyat Chaim, that's the meaning of the word Tselam of us. Tsel is 120, the shadows of death. As, see, in the higher realms, at the initial stages of the 120 tzirufim, the chitzonim, there is, uh, there is very little chitzonim. But especially when it starts getting more and more veils, more and more concealments, it allows the chitzonim, the un- unholy, to start deriving energy from there. The ayin and the 70 ministering angels. Since Yaakov, during the week, lowers himself down into the blockages of the name Elohim that's why since Yaakov is enclosed in the, in, the, in, the, in the garments of Elohim 
who, who has power in that realm who has power the, the Klippa also derives energy from there so if Klippa derives energy from there they can, they can challenge the Jew during the week with Yaakov as Yaakov goes down into Bri Yitzira to do a birer he can encounter some really pretty nasty Klippas that try to wrestle with him that's the war but Alpha became if a Jew is steady and strong, the Klippa can't get him. But all of this is only Shaykh in the Pchin of Yaakov. But in the Pchin of Yisrael, ain't Shaykh Pchinas Mochama. Over there, there's no war. Why? Because in Ze'er Anpin, since Ze'er Anpin is not, it's pure the godliness of Atzilus with the Oren Seifer Shere purely without any concealment, without any blockages. What happens? Ain Shum Yenikola Ayansar. The 70 ministering angels uh, can't have any Yenikola from there. Vachitzainim and the Chitzainim. That's why we Bechlau see within ourselves, anybody that's a little sensitive can see it, that Shabbos you don't have the same struggles that you have during the week. You don't feel it. You just don't have it. You don't have, I'm not saying a person can't have a Yetzirah on Shabbos. Uh, but it's far, far, far more minuscule. You don't feel it. Why? Vizal, because the Klippas are much weaker on Shabbos. They, they can't derive energy. Where you are on Shabbos, there's no Yenikah Sachitzayinim. So they can't stand up against you. Vizal, there's no exertion amongst Yisrael. Ba'adam. Now this is, this is all, again, as I told you earlier, that this whole Mimer is explaining the, the very same mimer that we learned a couple of years ago, but over there we learned it's, it's Hasidus, and here we're learning the Kabbalah of it, the cosmic element of it. And the same is also when the person, when this element of Yisrael reveals himself on Shabbos in the Jewish, which is the singing of Kale. So what does that translate? That you're in a state of loving and having pleasure and delight in the Ebishter. Shazel Pchinas Knesses Yisrael. This is Knesses Yisrael. Shem Mekabel Mi Yisrael Dele'ela. We said before it's a Yichud of Yisrael and Rachel. Knesses Yisrael. Rachel receives from Yisrael. And Yisrael itself is not in a, in a state of Yaakov, of descending. Yisrael is in a state of Aliyah, of elevating, of reaching up into the Ein Soiv. Ukemuru B'makamachar Al-Pasik Zachar Sashasa Lecha Amalek what does that mean? There's an fascinating mimer, which is called Zachar Malik, which we learned a few times. And that mimer, Zachar Malik, over there it says that Amalek only has has had power over the Jewish people, on the way when you went out of Egypt. So he explained over there that why did Amalek attach? themselves come and confront the Jewish people when they went out of Egypt. So he explains like this, there's three madregas. There's three levels of a Jew. One of them is when you're in Mitzrayim. That's when you're totally disconnected from God. When the klipa has dominion over a person. That's Mitzrayim. Then there is an extreme other state when you're living in the land of Israel. When you're living in the land of Israel, or spiritually, I mean you can live in the land of Israel and be totally disconnected, chas shalom. We're not talking about that. We're talking about when a Jew has reached the promised land. When a Jew spiritually has reached the promised man, it's called Eretz Toiva Rechava. Mitzrayim means constriction. Your neshama is constricted. It's, it's not at all shining in your body. Mamash, your neshama is locked up. It's not shining in your body. That's Mitzrayim. Living in Eretz Yisrael means Eretz Toiva Rechava. Your ratzon, your Eretz, your love to God is Rechava, is broad, filling every fiber of your being. Your entire being is filled with love and pleasure in God. 
And then there is the derech, there is the midbar. There is the journey from Mitzrayim to Eretz Yisrael. So the Alter Rebbe explains over there that on the journey is you're not yet, Hashem has not yet become the pleasure of your life. But you're yearning, you want that to happen. You know there's a bigger, you're still in constrictions. You're still in a state where you have still a physical reality that's still very real to you. You're aspiring to something higher. You're You're following behind the Ebeshter. You're not seeing Hashem Panem B'Panem. Panem B'Panem is you're suddenly the Ebeshter opens up to you. You see godliness. You see nothing else but Hashem. You feel such delight, such simcha, such pleasure. So the Altadab explains over there an interesting thing. Klippa can only fight with you when you're Bederach. Once you already arrived, then what is Klippa offering you? He was offering you pleasure, he's offering you delight, there's nothing there to him. Because you see, you experience clearly firsthand that what? Ava betanugim. You have a tainug in the Ebishto. What am I going to sell you what? So, but the, the dangerous time is when you're on the way. That's when Amalek can come and cool you down. So that's what the Rebbe is saying over here, he's using that same idea. Shabbos, where Shabbos is the same Bechina like Eretz Yisrael. Shabbos is a time when what? When you're us tisanig al Hashem, you're having tainug in the Ebishto. When you're having tainug in the Ebishto, the Klippa cannot cannot offer anything to you. That's why Shabbos is a time when there's no struggle. There's no zel or umazeh. It's only in the weekday Yaakov can encounter the Malach of Because that in the weekday you're aspiring for holiness, but you're not necessarily in Kedusha. And that's the idea. What does that mean? What does the Pasuk say? The Pasik says, there's no iniquities, can't look at Yaakov. That means, as we explain now, that even, the, even in the weekday when there is a struggle, but the klipa cannot prevail. That by Yisrael during Shabbos, when you're in a Yisrael state, there's no toil. There isn't even toil. Why? Because you're above the struggle. You're totally above the struggle. And then it says, Hashem Aleikov Imai. What does that mean? That's a continuation to what happens on Shabbos. This is explaining. Let's explain something. What is that godliness? Yeah, Yeshua. What is that godliness? There's a Tiffin Yanam over here. What is the godliness? Good. You're saying that on Shabbos, what? Suddenly, Shabbos, sheer kale. You're singing to the Abishta. You're experiencing. But what is the godliness that's illuminating in the Zeir Anpin on Shabbos? And I'm using first Kabbalistic terminology and we'll translate it into a Yidzavayda. But first. We're saying that during the weekday, the ishdarke lichbaish, the power of Zeir Ampin, of the Midai Savatzilis, are in a downward state to conquer. Shabbos, they're in a state of Aliyah. Where do they go? So it says on Shabbos like this that Zeir Ampin is oiled to receive from Chachmebin. To the point, not only that, they go so high that they're standing mamish in the place of Chachmebin. They're elevated. Usually, the light in the Zeir Ampin is far more diminished than the light in Chachmebin. Because again, as it, it gets diminished. But on, on Shabbos, the Erampin is Eilat to the Makam of Chachmem Bin. And in there, there is the Izgalus of Taino, because in Chachma is Izgalus of Keser. So there is Izgalus, that's the idea of Oz Tisaneg Alavaya, that the Taino comes down from Keser, where to? Into Havaya, which is the Zairamp. So that's the continue. What? What? Because the, if the from where that's where the Tainog is coming from. From Al Havaya, the Tainog is coming down. Uh, from above Havaya. That's right. 
So now, um, that's the meaning of the continuation of this Pasuk. On Shabbos, when it's he doesn't have any toil, but what then is he doing? Why? Because Hashem Elokav Imoy, with Yisrael, which means in the Zayir Ampin, Hashem Elokav. Hashem is Chachma, and Elokav is Bina. Hashem Elokav Imoy. Hashem Elokav, the lights of Chachma and Bina, are manifesting Imoy, Bepnimius, into the... In other words, a Jew can experience such Chachma, such Bina, such deep revelations of a higher part of his Neshama can illuminate inside of him. This is They're with They enclose themselves in the Zayr Anpin and the Orpnimi Mamish. What happens during the weekday? During the weekday, the Zayr Anpin is also nashing, is also receiving sustenance. There is a flow from Chachman Bina into Zayr Anpin during the weekday as well. But during the weekday, it remains makif. In the weekday, the oil from Chachman Bina remains makif over the Zeirab. It's not shining inside. Shabbos, why? So here he doesn't say it, but in the Mimer, parallel Mimer, there he gives a little explanation. If we have the lights of Chachman Bina fully manifesting in the Zeirab, then we would never be able to descend down to Dubirurim. Because we would be so enamored by the light that we can't. Or, rather, put it this way. In order to do a birur, see, this is what comes out. We do need the light of Chachma. That's the whole koyach. But Chachma is, be, is biriru. But yet, here's the deal. A birur, there's two ways you can do a birur. And you have to be very careful when it comes to birur. One way you can do a birur, which you think you're doing a birur, is you're blasting that entity with light. But when you blast something with light, too much light that it can't handle, you're just destroying it. You're not really elevating it. A beater needs to be in a manner where you work with it. You have to explain to that entity why, that, you know, your enlightenment, whatever you know, you have to explain to it. He explains that the words of the Alter Rebbe, he says when a teacher wants to fix the mistake that a student has, he first must dis- discuss the mistake. that the, He must first enter into the world of the mistake, discuss the, the, the fallacy, the problems with it, and then he can shine his light. That means he has to descend into that world. If the lights of Chachman Bina, which means the power of what? That Einoid Movado, if Yehudi Allah, if that clarity, if that pure crystal clear clarity of God's MS would be shining in us, we can never enter into the world to fix it. You have to first enter into it. You can't enter it. Because we would be above it all the time. So that's why the lights of Chachman Bina have to remain makif over Zah during the weekday. And then Zeir Rampi can go down through Malchus. Yaakov can descend to do a beer. However, on Shabbos, since now there's no point anymore of doing Avoid the Sabirudim, so the Makifim of Chachmem Bina suddenly reveal themselves in the Ze'er Anpin. And that's the meaning. Hashem Elokav Imoy, Imoy is with him, Bepnimius. That's the idea. That which is makif during the week becomes Shabbos your internal light. And then you get higher makifs. And now he quotes what it says in Priyat Chaim. It says in Priyat Chaim as follows. There is more aliyos to the zun, zuchre venukva, to the zeir amper and to malchus, b'shabes, achem s'alim l'mokoyim abba ve'ima mamish. They go up to the place of abba ve'ima. That means they enter into the experience of chachma. That means that chachma and bina become pinimius to them. 
V'oid chulu, yeah. So that's over there. He explains this idea. Kizehu tachlis aliyas ha'olamais. There's the tachlis of aliyas of the worlds. Shahamakifim yepnimiyim. That which that which was once makif, meaning encompassing higher than us, should enter in. V'yimshachu makifim al yoyinim yoyis. So they should come higher makif. Ikenoida, as it is known, shebechoyel. Now this idea that on Shabbos we internalize such highlights is hinted to in the idea that the Arizal says that in the weekday is the Yichud of Avaya and Elohim and in Shabbos is Yichud Avaya Ve'eka. So what does that mean? Yichud Avaya and Elohim means that the Ze'er Ampin, which is Havaya, is being misyached with Malchus. Meaning to say, the whole Avoida during the week is that you should bring in the Yichud we should take our, our awareness of God, our Chachma, Yud Ekev, to bring it into the world of Akvayim, to the world of the Shechina, to illuminate downward. That's Yichud Havaya and Elohim. V'yadaita hayoyim rashavoyse Elohecha ki Havaya hu Elohim. Bring Havaya and Elohim. So it's all an avoid of going down. However, on Shabbos what happens? Havaya, instead of being misyached with Elohim, is misyached with what? With Eke. What's Eke? Eke is Keser. So that means that the Zeir Ampin is receiving Keser light, receiving all the, the pleasure, all the ain't self light, and, the, and then that itself is being nimshach into Malchus as well. The, the Zer, hold it over here. Kenoi Jebuchol Yuchad Avaya, B'Shamasi Yuchad Avaya Ve'Eke, Shehu Mepchenas HaKeser, Ayim B'Priyetz Chaim, Shayut Tes Perik Dalit. So this is the illumination of Shabbos. And as a result of that, the true Asmelech Boi, and the, um, how does a simple meaning of true Asmelech? Truas means the friendship. Rashi translates Truas means friendship. Reyos, Molosh Reyos. Truas Melech Boy, the friendship of the king is with him. Or Rashi says the word Truas comes from the word Troyein Beshevet Barzel, which means crush them, splinter them with a iron, with a steel rod. Troyein. Truas Melech means the shattering, the breaking. Loshen Troyein Beshevet. So what does that mean? So this is the effect that happens as a result of Shabbos. What happens as a result of Shabbos? What happens as a result of Shabbos is an amazing thing. All the judgments of the week, all the dinim are sweetened. All the dinim are sweetened. Sweetened. The judgments are sweetened. Hamtakasadinim. Why does that, what does that mean? Chas v'sholom, if there wouldn't be Shabbos, the wrath and the anger and the judgment and the intensity of, of the judgments would get so bad that we wouldn't be able to tolerate life. We know in our own life that Shabbos comes and it relaxes us and then even the stresses that we have during week like disappear and you start all over again. Without Shabbos, we would even... But it's also in the, in the, in the, in the heavenly spheres. The stress that the Ebershter, so to speak, has, the Shekhinah has from, from dealing with this world until we fix it. It creates a lot of judgments. Shabbos comes and it relaxes everything. All the dinim are gone. Why? So that's an interesting question. The, the, uh, um, the, the Altarebbe brings it over here in the previous piece. There is a question that is asked. When, you talk, when we talk about Malchus, we talk about the king. Is the king... Is the king... On the one hand, Melech b'mishpat yamadar. It's a king is full of mishpat. Mishpat, judgment... Harshness, punishment, discipline. On the one hand. But in the other plan that says in the Pasuk, it says there's a Pasuk, it says, Or Penei And the countenance of the king, there is life. The king radiates his face and it's showering with kindness. 
So which king? And the answer is, so it says like this, when the king is not on his throne, when the king gets into uh, this, then he can get a lot of times very tough. But when he goes onto his throne and he's back in his house, and then it's Orpin Emelchayim. So it says during the weekday when Malchus is descending down in the lower world, she gets very frustrated with the inyanim that happens. There's a lot of dinim. But when it comes Shabbos and she goes back up in Tatzilas and she unifies with Melech and higher and higher. So that, what does that cause? That causes the, the, the um, that causes that all the dinim dissipate. Which means that if Chas V'Shalem, if Chas V'Shalem there has been which can also mean that if chas v'shalom there is any any judgments on a person, it's a good time to daven for the for, for the even though Shabbos we don't cry out that's true Shabbos umilizik, but Shabbos many things can be dismissed. Shabbos is a time when negativity gets dismissed. Why does the negativity get dismissed? Because Malchus is filled with pleasure, filled with delight. Now, we said that there's two perushim in the word teroyem. Teroyem means molosh and reus, friendship. And teroyem, not teroyem, truas. Truas means friendship, reus. And it also means crushing. So how do the, 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 the Alter Rebbe explains that both things go together in one word. Let's read it inside. Truas melech boy losh and teroyem b'shevet hu amtakas hadinim. V'losh and reus v'chiba. Ha'inu k'moysh ha'kasev b'or p'nei melechayim. When what did we say before? There's a yichud on Shabbos between between Havaya and Eka. If there's a yichud between Havaya and Eka, but Elokim is also attached to Havaya, so there's a yichud between Eka and Elokim, which means that the, that the lights of Keser are shining in Malchus. Malchus is filled with the Shin Ayin Hey Nohirin, the three hundred and seventy-five lights. Those are the lights of Keser, and they are shining where into Malchus. So Malchus is full of pleasure and full of delight. And when she's full of pleasure and full of delight, or p'nei melechayim. Shazer or p'nei melech, p'chinas ha'ores panem, and there's no more dinim. But here he doesn't say it, but in the previous mimer he explains it, just in the page before this, and in the other. This reus, this delight that Malchus has, since it threw us melech boy, since on Shabbos, in Yisrael, in the Jew, there is an illumination of the divine pleasure. So that keser de getainug and that pleasure um, causes amtakas adinim. So what's the amtakas? How does, it, and how does amtakas adinim do? Amtakas adinim works through shattering the dinim. Amtakas adinim means the sweetening of the judgments. So the sweetening of the judgments comes about through splintering them into small pieces. So what does that mean? I was thinking about it. How does that mean? Splintering the judgment. It says that during Tkiah Shoifer, that's what we do. Every time we blow Shvarim, pow, 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 trua, these judgments that are coming up, massive judgments, and we splinter them into pieces. So what does that mean? So I had an interesting thought a moment before the share that came into my head that, that, that the, the, the sweetening of the judgments comes through splintering them, which comes when you're in a state of pleasure. And I have a perfect example for it. It says when Mashiach will come, the Abishta is going to say to Avram Avinu, your children sinned. And Avram is going to say, okay, if they sinned, do away with them. Hashem is going to say to Yaakov Avinu, your children sinned. 
And Yaakov Avinu is going to say, if they sin, do away with, not ya, yeah, do away with them. Then Hashem is going to say, yeah, the grandfather and the grandson, they're good for nothing. Let me go speak to them, to Yitzchak. So he goes to speak to Yitzchak, and he says, uh, Yitzchak, your children sin. So Yitzchak said, they, first of all, Yitzchak says, they're my children, they're not your children, hold it. Let's get, let's, let's, let's put the record straight, that your children are living mine. Then Yitzchak says, how much do they sin already? They sin, how much does, how much does a person live? He says, it lives for 70 years. Okay. You say they sin, as if they're sinning all the time. Half the time they're sleeping. So you can't even count half the time. If they're sleeping, they're not sinning. It's like even your troublemaker kids, when they sleep, they're so cute. Right? So they're sleeping, they're not sinning. So that's half the time. That counts for 30, that counts for 35 years. Then, he said, no, I'm sorry. He says like this, I'm sorry. 20 years, you don't even count sin. The first 20 years of their life, you don't punish. Fine, so let's erase that. So it's less than 50. Then you have 25 years from the less than the 50 years that they're sleeping. Half they're sleeping. So, it's only, so we have 25 years of sin. Now, in their wakeful hours, you can't say they're sinning all the time. Because they have to eat, and they have to this. And they say, he says, he says, the bathroom. He says, it's a goal to be in the bathroom a long time. See? They go to the, the bathroom, they eat, they eat, they they this. And, and they're, what else does he say? Three things. They're eating, and davening. He says. So they, they, they're doing these things, and that's half the time. So you're left with 12 and a half years. 12 and a half, he says, okay, so let's split it. He says, God, if you can handle all the 12 and a half years, you can handle it yourself. If not, give me, I'll take half, and you take half. And if you think it all has to go upon me, good, I was already my nefesh for you. So I'll, that, I, I already gave my life for you. And that's how Yitzhak is going to save the Jewish people. That's what it says. So what, 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 what does this say? What? It's a Gemara, Masechtas. It's a Gemara. The Gemara says this story. In mean, the end of days, we're going to say to Yitzchak, Ki avinu, that after Yitzchak is going to come to the rescue of the Jewish people. And it's an amazing thing because Ein Adinim them talking Ela B'Sharsham. Who's going to be Mamtik all the Dinim? Yitzchak who is Din. Yitzchak who is Din is going to be is going to Mamtik all the Dinim. So how does it work? Yitzchak is going to fight for us. But how did Yitzchak do it? You see, the Amish to come to the end. What did Yitzchak do? He broke it into pieces. He broke it into details. When you start breaking it into details, you say, when someone is overwhelmed, I always have this. I get overwhelmed. And someone says, let's, 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 let's tackle the problem. See, what's bothering? And you start slicing it into pieces. And then you see, this, this is not so big. This is not such a big. Someone says, I'm drowning in debt. Let's figure it out. That You have this, you have this, you have this. This can be taken care of like this. It can be taken care of. In other words, when you, make a be- when you break things down to the, par- to the particles, into the pieces... Then what was so like uh, so overwhelming and so this is it's tabrachim. And when you break the gvudis into pirudim, then it, it loses its power. The Satan comes in Rosh Hashanah and he brings piles of Avedis, and it's like the Jewish people are so bad. So what we do with the tkias is we start breaking it down. And breaking it down into that kind of a thing that is related to what happens on Shabbos. Since on Shabbos, see, during the weekday, Malchus is overwhelmed. She's stuck in this world. Shabbos, she rises up and Tatsilas, lights of Kesser. Suddenly, what happens to the Dinim is they're not so, the rebellion is not such a rebellion, and the Avedis is not such a rebellion. Take a look at all the Mitzayim that was done this week. See all the mitzvahs that were done. See all the Gadis that were done. All of that suddenly, it throws away the, the, the Klippah, suddenly fall off, and all you see, Ba'erpene Melachai. On this, so this is what's going. On. And in a yid personally, his own life, you have to be able to figure. You can turn, you can translate this this inyan, this this inyan to with so much ideas of what this means. This idea that on Shabbos 
the, 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 the gevuris become nimtak because of the pleasure. And the way they become nimtak is through teroyim b'shevet barzal, to be broken into pieces. Okay, Be'ezus Hashem, we're going to take a little break now. We're going to finish up the end of the mimer soon. Okay. But now we need to understand the Mavur Lamai that is explained earlier. Even though Yaakov is lower than Yisrael, which is the Zeramp, nevertheless, there is a greater advantage. We said earlier, like it's explained in the Mimer, that there is an advantage to Yaakov over Yisrael. We said that there's a quality of Yaakov and a quality of Israel. I didn't learn the Maimah Mimana this year. We learned it a long time ago. I didn't get a chance to look it up. But over there we explained that there is a quality in Yaakov over Yisrael. But now that we're saying that the weekday is... Now that we're saying over here that the weekday is Yaakov, the Bechoy Lubchenas Yaakov, that the weekday is Yaakov, the Shabbos Lubchenas Yisrael, and Shabbos were the level of Yisrael... That will create a problem because that would mean that there is a quality to the weekday that there isn't in Shabbos. See, as long as we're saying stam the two names Yaakov and Yisrael, if we say that Yaakov has a certain quality over Yisrael, okay. Even though Yisrael general is higher, there's nothing wrong with Yaakov having a quality over Yisrael. The problem, however, is once we associate and connect that Shabbos is Yisrael and the weekday is Yaakov, and then we say that Yaakov is higher than Yisrael, that would mean that the weekday is higher than Shabbos, even if it's just a one thing, that we can't say that. Um, he uses the words interesting, Chalila loimar, it's chas v'shalem to say, it's chalila, it's, we can't say, it's a, a God forbid to say, that's what he's saying, b'chenaz that there is something in the week, that's not on Shabbos, chas v'shalem, how can we say that? Omnam be'emes, in truth, loy kosher meeting. It's not at all difficult. The Mavad, the Makomokam Khenazou, Lamailo Mchenas Yaakov Bakla. Aside for the answer that even though you might find one detail that this is greater, but in general the Zair Anpin uh, is higher than Yaakov, and therefore Shabbos remains still the superior one over the week. In addition to that, the quality that Yaakov has by that quality um on Shabbos, Yisrael also gets that quality, as we're going to see soon. In other words, there's a certain Indian in Yisrael, in the, in the idea of being Yisrael, and there's another Indian in being Yaakov. Yaakov is a servant, and Yisrael is a son. And as we're going to see soon, there is a quality to being, usually a son is much higher than a servant. But there's a certain quality that a servant has that a, that a son doesn't have. But on Shabbos, the son that we are on Shabbos, is not the sun, the, 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 the bend that we are on Shabbos is not a regular bend, it's not a regular sun. It's a sun that also has the quality of being a servant. It's both. So therefore, whatever quality Yaakov had over Yisrael, that quality Shabbos has. Um, it's not at all, yeah, look at this. It says that the Zeir Ampin is rooted even higher than Abba and Ima, even higher than Chachmen Bina. 
So even though we say that Yaakov has a quality that he's the Yud of Chachma Kenoida as it is known, Meinian Zaba Tika Ochid Vitalia, that the Zeir Anpin is hinged in 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 the attic, in the innermost of Keser, Ach Oidzois. But this is the main thing. Ki in a Yisrin Mailazu this quality Shevet Chenas Yaakov that Yaakov has. He Yosei Mi Yisoid Abba that he comes from the Yisod of Abba. See, what's his problem? The question he has over here, Yisrael, is the level of the Zeir Anpin. Itself, Yaakov is the Zeir Anpin that is being enclosed. It's the Zeir Anpin being enclosed in Malchus and going down. But we learned earlier that in order for Yaakov to do that, he's rooted in Yesod Abba, which is in the Yesod element of Chachma, which is something that the weekday Jew has and the Shabbos Jew doesn't have, because Shabbos it's Zeir Anpin itself. It's not you don't have the Yud Akev, you don't have the Yud. So, so, but he says, This literal Indian is there in Shabbos as well. Because this that we say, because Shabbos is not Zeir Ampin on its own. What did we say earlier from the Eitz Chaim? That on Shabbos, the Zeir Ampin rises to the place of Chachm Bina. If it would be just Zeir Ampin on your own, so you're right. The, the Zeir Ampin is much lower than the Yud Ekev, than the Yud of the, the, the Yesoid Abed. B'yasas Shari B'Shabbos Oilezah, because the Zeir Ampin goes up, or Malbish, and it encloses La'atzmi Yusoiroiz to the essential lights of Abba of Chachma. Mamish. Atchenim Tsoozah B'Madregis Abba Mamish. The Zeir Ampin is on the level of Chachma itself, not just of Yesoid Chachma. Yesoid Chachma is, as we learned in the beginning of today's class, the element of Chachma as it is exiting. This is the essence of Chachm itself in its place. And he's going to explain it actually, what it means in life. Over there it says, um, the, it's talking about the incredible Aliyah, the incredible elevation that the Zeir Anpin has um, uh, during Shabbos. Nimtza b'Shabbos comes out on Shabbos. Yesh bezamaylas. You have both qualities. Haina b'chinezza. You have zeir ampin, but not just that. Kisham malbish. Not zeir ampin enclosed in malchus, but zeir ampin itself. And also, but not stam the zeir ampin, but rather kisham malbish laatzmius abamamish. It's enclosing the essence of chachma itself, not just the yesoid of chachma, but the essence of chachma. And he explains it now. What does it mean in service of Hashem? The understanding of these bechinos. What does it mean in our service of God? That in the weekday, the Zeir Ampin is enclosed in Malchus and farther in Akev in the hills. That we know, that we spoke earlier. It's the Jew, a holy neshama, coming from the Zeir Ampin, is lowering himself down to be enclosed in a body and through the body in a physical world and involved in the physical world. That we got. Then we learned also there is a Yud there. What does the Yud mean? The Yud is the power of Chachma that the Yid applies to the world in order to do the beer. Fine. But now he's going to add that there is some other quality to that. What's the other quality? That is that Chachma is a bittle. And this work itself of servicing, of serving for God, service, serve, doing a service for Hashem by making this world into a holy place requires tremendous bittle. Because the nature of the person's neshama is that he doesn't want to deal with the world. He'd rather sit and learn and dabble. We had the discussion during the break. He doesn't want to deal. He just wants to be with Hashem the whole day. 
So it takes a certain nullification and surrender and saying a bittle. And in that sense, it's higher than a child. Because a child is, is, is his, his, his existence, he's made up of the same stuff of the father. He's very close to the father. But precisely because of that, whatever the father wants him to do, he, he likes doing. So there is a lacking of bittle, nullification. The highest thing you can do to connection to Hashem is through bittle. And, and a son is lacking in bittle. The evidence, and therefore there's something interesting. If the, prince, if, the, if, if the prince walks in and he gives over and he says, I think that, what, that everybody should wear a red hat today. The prince, the, son, the one and only son of the king says, everybody should wear a red hat. So I would suggest everybody wear a red hat. Because probably the king will get upset if people don't listen to his son, if his son was ignored. But do you have to wear a red hat because the prince said so? Not necessarily. The prince is not the king. How about if the king's servant comes out? He's just a regular servant. And he says, everybody must put on a red hat. Then everybody better put on a red hat. Because when the king's servant says something, who is saying it? The king is saying it. When the prince says it, it's not the king saying it. It's the prince because the prince, oh, the prince is close to the king. Probably the king would want. But it's not the king. Because precisely because he's a somebody, the king doesn't come. Unless the king clearly tells his son, go say something. But generally, the son is, is, an, is an entity on its own. The servant is a messenger. He's a nobody, but he's a messenger of the father, of the king. So that's the... He knows that knows the age base b'chinois. There's two elements. Ainu b'chinas eved, that's being an eved. B'chinas bena, being a son. and even though the b'chlau b'chinas ben gavoya yoiser. Generally, we say the son is greater. Shua oived ma'ava, he's serving out of love. When a Jew is a son, he's serving out of love. Nevertheless, there is a certain way. An Evid is only serving out of fear. And love is higher than fear. But there is a certain quality to a servant. The servant is abnegated. He's not existent. And he's completely, totally beyond his understanding. He just does what the king says because the king said so. So there's more king inside of him than there is in the son. As we also know from the idea, that there is a certain connection between Chachma, in Chachma it says in the Pasuk, in Chachma he founded the earth. Chachma is Chachma, Eretz is Malchus. Chachma Yasad Eretz means that the energy of Chachma, which Chachma is Bittel, is to be found in Eretz in Malchus. Now what does that mean? That when a person serves God as a simple servant, because God said so, I don't know, I don't understand anything, that's Bittel. That simple bittel, Kabbalah's oil, Malchus Shemayim, that is connected. The true energy for that is coming from Chachma. Because Chachma, the higher fear, influences the lower fear. The two of them are connected. The Yeratata, Sharshayma Chachmila. Even the lowest fear, a Jew does a mitzvah because he's afraid of God, that fear is related to the supernal Chachma. Even though it's only in the level of. That's why it says that when Aaron comes into the base of Migdash to serve God, he has to come with Zos, Zos is Malchus. He has to come with Kabbalah's Aaron, he's doing the Avod of Yom Kippur. He can't come into the, into the Kodesh HaKadoshim saying, I love you God, I want to serve you. You come with simple obedience, like a servant. Why? Because Dafke in Zos, Zos is Malchus, in the service related to the lower hay of God's name that's called Zos, over there, 
you connect to the highest. That's what Yaakov has an advantage. He's called my servant. Over the level of Yisrael. That's called a son, because a son doesn't have that. We need to have both. That's why you can't serve Hashem only as a son. You also have to serve Hashem as a servant. However, there is a Zohar in Pasha's Balak that says that there is a type of son who is also a servant. Generally, there is a son, and a son has his quality, and a servant has his quality. But there's a unique type of a son who is not Stama's son, he's a son, but he's also a servant. There's two types of Eved. One is when we are in Eved during Psukha de Zimra, during the beginning of Davening. So he explains in Zohar like this. In the beginning of Davening, when we're saying the verses of song, Baruch Shamar, Ashrei, all that, we're a servant. Because we're serving God then with fear. When we get to, Sh- to Kriya Shema, we activate love. Then we're a child. When we get to Shmon Ashrei, we're again a servant. We're totally nullified before God. But the servant that we deserve, the fear, because we're serving God with fear again. But the fear that we attain by Shemona Esrei is a much deeper fear than the fear that we have by Pesukah de Zimra. The, the fear that we have during Pesukah de Zimra, the verses of song, is like someone who comes into the palace and he feels like, wow, there's a big king over here. But he, he, how does he know the king? Not by knowing the king. He knows the king by seeing all the rooms. Eh? He's overtaken by And then he, as he goes through, becomes excited. Excited. But then when he sees the king... He's totally nullified again. Bittal. So that's the higher fear. That's what the Zohar says. Habez b'shmoyne esrei. Ubein tayim and be in the middle. Hu kriyashma is kriyashma. Ve'inyan and the idea is, k'mashikasam ha'makamachar is stated elsewhere. Ve'inyan dalet oisi es avaya and the four letters of the name avaya. Hayud chilu. The yud is fear. It's the highest, the higher fear. That's shmoyne esrei. Ve'hei and ve'hei rechimu is love. That's the higher love. And then the vav is the lower love, and then the hay is fear again. So we know that the latter hay and the yud are connected to each other. The isa be kizvi arizal, but it says in kizvi arizal, b'shas psika de zimra tzarech lekayim mitzvah yiras Hashem. During psika de zimra, we're supposed to fulfill the mitzvah fearing God. For inyan yirat atol, that's the lower fear. Shem ebchenas hay achron, it comes from the lower hay, the shem avay of shem avay. V'zeu ebchenas eved arishin she bezohar, that's the first servant of zohar. The first level of Eved, fear. Fear, however, an external fear. It's like a person, I'm not in the mood of doing the mitzvah, I don't want to, but I, I'm pushing myself because I'm surrendering because I accept myself the yoke of heaven. I have to listen. God is my boss. It's not like a total nullified fear, but it's... That's Yaakov, the servant, during the weekday. When you're citing the Shema, and by Kriya Shema itself, you have two levels of love. The blessings of the Shema is the lower love, the Vav, and the Shema itself is the higher love, which is the Hey. Vahafta, that's why you see in the word Vahafta, Vahafta is Gematria 2 times 207. It's Gematria 414. Vahafta is 414, 2 times Oer, 2 times light. Because it's the two levels of love. Light is love, two levels of love. So, these are the two levels of love. That's you're acting like a son of Hashem. That's stated in, in, in Tanya, Perik Mendalet, Beshem Arei Mehemna, the Kibra, like a child, the Rachim loin. 
You love a father yater megame even more than yourself. That's why by Kriya Shema you're ready for Mesiras Nefesh like a child who loves his father more than he loves himself. And he's willing to give his life up. V'nafshe. V'zeh inyan lim siris nafshe be'echad. To give yourself up in echad. V'ayim b'divin ha'mas chashir ha'malos b'mamakim. Look at that mime where he explains that the level of child when it's relating to God is much deeper than the level of child in the human experience. In the human experience, a, fa- a child will love the father, but a child doesn't have to give his life for his father. It's not a halacha. The halacha in, in kibudava aim means you have to give, you have to give from your money, but you don't have to give your life. But with God, the kibud of a aim, the sense of child to father, is supposed to drive a person even to give his life up for God. So because it, it's not like a human father. So it comes out that during Kriya Shema, when we're calling for Mesiras Nefesh, it's all from the experience of love of being a child. You reach the higher fear. That's higher even than the great love. Because the great fear, the Yud of God's name, the Pchenas Ben, because son, the level of son comes from Bina. Ben Yudke. Bina comes from Ben Yudke. The son of Yudke. Mainly it's the Ben, the son of. Because what do you come to love? From Hey, from understanding. That's when one is experiencing the higher Chachma and he reaches total nullification. That's the Yud of Yud Kevavke. The Bey Sharia, the Chilu, over there dwells the higher fear. This is the second servant. Who's a servant on that level? Who's a servant on that level called the higher servant? Servant that's nullified to God 100%. Moshe Rabbeinu is also called the servant of God. Moshe Avdi, Moshe my servant. That means Moshe transcended being a child of God. He becomes a servant because the service of God is in the level of Yud, which is Yirei Allah, the higher fear. How about Yaakov? Yaakov is also an Eved. Yaakov Avdi. Yaakov is the lower Eved. Moshe is the higher Eved. Yaakov is the Eved of the Jew. Yud Ekev, the Jew coming down during the week, struggling with the world. He's surrendering to God. He's not nullified. The Einoid Movadid is nothing but God. Quite on the contrary. He's li- living in the deception that there is a world and that I am, but I'm surrendering myself. That's ya- Yaakov Avdi. But why is he then connected to a Yud? The Yud isn't the Yud... The- isn't the Yud Chachma? The answer is, what did we say earlier? That, that the higher Chachma... Yud empowers the lower hay. That all levels of fear are connected to each other. So the lower fear of surrendering to God is connected to the high, deeper fear. What causes a person to surrender to Hashem externally? The fact that deep, deep, deep in the recesses of his soul, in his subconscious, he's totally nullified before God. That's why externally he surrendered. So the that's the Yaakov Yud Ekev I know Adam Pchenas Yud, but that's only a ray from the Yud. Then Nimshach Pchenas Ekev comes down to the Ekev. That's the lower level of Eved. Keinim Bechach Meyased Aretz like Bechach Achim Etzem Pchenas Yud, the essence of the Yud. So Pchenas Moshe Avdi. This is Moshe, my servant. I'm a Moira Oira Pasuk Verav Shalom. Look over there. But I'm sorry. I'm a Makamacha. Look elsewhere. It says over there, Al Tikra Banayach, don't read it, son. Elobonayach, rather, those builders. 
Chazal say when it says Rav Sholem, there's a lot of peace Banayach to your children. It says don't read it to your children, read it to your builders. So what does it mean builders? That means Tamid Chachamim that build the world. But hold it. Is there anything higher than being a son? And their answer is yeah. Because the son is the levels of love. Higher than son is Eved, but not the, level, not the lower Eved, the higher Eved. The, the Eved of Bittl B'Metzius, Yirei Allah, the higher fear, Moshe Avdi. And those are Tamidei Chachamim, because real Tamidei Chachamim, those that are receiving from Chachma. They, what do they call Talmud Chacham? They're receiving from Chachman. This is this level of learning Torah with Yiri Allah with the higher fear. Those people who learn Torah in the level of Bittl. And now we'll understand why Shabbos includes in it the quality of Yaakov Avdi. But not a regular Ben. Because Moshe Rabbeinu is also called the son of God. He's a, he's a son. The Rei Mahemner says about Moshe Rabbeinu, he's like a child who is Moshe, who gives his life, his body for his father. So Moshe is a Ben. The Chiddush of Moshe is that he's not only a Ben, he's also an Eved. He's also an Eved. He's the level of what it says in Tanya that there is a Ben that's also called an Eved. This is the level of Moshe Avdi. That's why on Shachris of Shabbos, when Yisrael, what did we say earlier? Yisrael, the level of Zeir Ampin rises to Abba Ve'ima. That means that the love of the Zeir Ampin, Zeir Ampin is love, rises to Bittal, to Chachma. It rises to Chachma. It rise, it, then we say Yismach Moshe, because that's the level of Moshe. Bematnas Chelke, Moshe should alight, because that's the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. And what do we say? Ki Eved Nemon Karasala. You called him an Eved Nemon. This is not a regular Eved. This is not the low level of Eved, Yaakov Avdi. This is the quality of, this is the higher Eved. This is Eved Nemon. The Ben goes up to be an Evan. What's the quality of that service? Quality of that service is you have total bittel, but you also have total simcha. You see, if you're a stranger and you're an Evan, it bothers you, because you have to surrender to your, to your master. But you're, if you're a son that becomes a servant, so then you have delight in the bittel. You have both, as he explains. It rises from the level of Bina, which, it, which makes it into a Ben, and it goes up to the level of Abba, of Bittl B'Metzias. Which is the higher Yira. Now this Yira also has joy, because it has the Ben element. All hearts will fear you. They will sing to you. And that can only be on an Eved who is also a Ben. So Shabbos we can experience the deepest fear and the deepest joy at the same time. Rejoicing in the fear. Similar to what is discussed in many memorandum in regards to Simchas Torah, Shmini Atzeres is discussed with this, this Madrega. Fazel Yismach Moshe. Moshe rejoices. Ki Eved Neman. It's Yismach. 
Even though it's an Eved, it's Yismach. He's rejoicing. That's the emphasis. Yismach, Moshe. Ben, that's Pchinas Eved. That type of Simcha, you can't have when you're doing that when you're in the level of Yaakov. Yaakov, it's toil, it's hard, it's fear, it's that in it. When you get to the level of Yisrael on Shabbos, you're, then, then you have Simcha. But then you lose the Ben. Then you lose the Bittel. The real element is when Shabbos itself elevates to the highest. When 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 the Zeir Anpin elevates into Chachma, then you have the Milo of both. I never understood what it means in Tanya over there. Like it's explained elsewhere. Where is it explained? This is the first time I came across it, at least that I remember, in this Mimer. Where he speaks over there about the various different levels of Yisrael in the name Yisrael, uh, that there's different madregas and the like. Look over there in the end of Shmois. I picked over there, but I didn't really get a chance to look well. All right.